thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Hancock International Endurance Series on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Welcome back to Ennepagusa for the Cup of Florio, the 12 Hours of Sicily, here in the beautiful island of Sicily, just off the, uh, the, the tour of the boot of Italy in the Mediterranean. And the weather proving to be absolutely perfect for what would be the final three hours of the 12-hour race and give you a rundown on how the field is looking first we look at the TCE class and that's being led quite uh, convincingly by the 112 Autorama Motorsport by Wolf Power Racing with the AC Motorsport Audi now moving up into a very strong second place and leaving the third place 101 numbered Red Camel Jordan's Cupra with more, more problems on that car bringing that car into the pits and delaying that car even further however Still hanging on to that podium position as the other cars in TCE are now fully classified retirements as they did not start today. The GT classes are still very much up for grabs. The field beginning to get strung out now with laps rather than minutes and seconds in between the places. But the it's the GPX Porsche, Matthew Jaminet still at the wheel of that car with 279 laps completed. In second place now, settling in, three laps back, is the CP Racing Mercedes. Shane Lewis is at the wheel of the 85 in second place. In third place is the number 88, Pia Kaffer-driven car collection Audi R8. That's in the fueling station as we speak. And in fourth place, Matteo Maliacelli, now at the wheel of the Dynamic Motorsport Porsche. It's currently in, in second in the GT3 Pro class and indeed fourth overall. Jap van Lagen now back at the wheel of the 19 and a recovery drive for that car. We see that car being pushed ever more by the drivers in that car, having had some time spent in the pits with problems. Sixth in the field is the Amadeo Pampanini Dynamic Motorsport Lamborghini. That car sixth. Seventh is the Simon Patronicola Tempo SRL Porsche 991. That is first in the 991 class and seventh overall. Eighth, uh, ninth overall is the Fulgenzi Racing Porsche, currently second in the 991 class. And then in 10th spot, we've got the Dynamic Motorsport Porsche, third in the 991 class, currently in 10th overall. Nico Verdonk at the wheel of the Pro Sport Aston Martin is currently leading GT4 in 11th spot overall. And then second in GT4, we've got the BMW M4 of Team Avia Sorg Rensport. Sergio Pauli at the wheel of that number 451 in 12th spot overall. Uh, looking down the order, we've got the, uh, the prototype of Avalon Formula that has remained in the pits. It took the restart this morning, but that gearbox problem uh, persisting and such in such a manner that it completely took it out of contention. So, a uh, busy hour. Uh, it's always best to uh, check the uh, the, pit, the uh, time when you come back. And the story really actually has been uh, a continued uh, attempt to come back by Jan van Lagen and the MP Motorsport. Continue speed from the GPX racing and continue doing what they do for CP Racing and Shane Lewis. And that's one, two, and five. 
Also, a quick look at the pit stops tells me that the Herberth Motorsport car, which we saw just before we broke for lunch, coming in to have its, its nose changed, effectively, uh, having a nose job, uh, went out and unfortunately came back in again, because that's been in the pits now for the last 40 minutes. Um, we also then have, joining them in the pits, is once again Evo Brukers in the Red Camels Jordan and L Cooper. That car's been in for another 40 minutes. Uh, so that, so that was that, a broken strut again. Is it another strut? Bro broken front suspension strut. That that car has been in the wars in the uh, eight really or nine hours of this yeah. race. So, yeah, it's um, also joining the pits. So just as you mentioned, the Wolf car is in the, with uh, Guillermo Bellotti. That car again ran quite happily for about you know 45 minutes an hour as it is today, as it did yesterday, and then that was it. Came in with with similar problems. So the Wolf car, I think. Not, it hasn't surprised us on two levels. We hadn't surprised us it's quick, and we haven't. We're not surprised either that it's um, been uh, fragile, shall we say? A little. a little bit fragile, fragile, as it moves on. So that's the pits, and also, unfortunately, the dual race car, which has had an absolute awful time. The uh, nine one eight Porsche Cup car, currently uh, last in that class in fifth, has had no issues. I'm being told uh, from our man on the scene that the Herbeth car, the 92, is being retired. Ah. Um, that car, as you mentioned, Nick, uh, coming in just before the lunch break with what was uh, a nose job. It was the uh, the front under tray, wasn't it? That was it had come loose, and we were worried about them replacing that nose and finding the, the sorry the under tray and finding that the, the, where they fix it to and disappeared. Yes. And I think that's possibly uh, come to be. Um, more aesthetically uh, placed tank tape helped <laughs> somewhat, but they've uh, they've done the sump on ah, that car. right. And again, the kerbs. But it's, of course, again, the, 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 just the curbs here. quickly remember about this, that is a, a Porsche 911, so the sump is at the other end from the front damage. Yes. So they managed yeah, yeah, to the rear. Get that. The Completely rear is where the end. sump is at the back end of the car. So they managed to have... Um, issues of going over rough surfaces and stick to the sump that means you've, you've clunked it on something and that is almost certainly a curb strike or perhaps going off and uh, having a some furniture based around the side of the track but that's, uh, that's unfortunate that that team doing well overall in the championship after they're winning Portimao yeah good point that engine in the back of that portion but again it's it's using the curbs and not just putting the obviously wherever the front of the car goes the rear of the car follows Unless and it's spinning. It, and, and, and unless, <laughs> unless, of course, you've got the car rotating. Unless, he, now, unless Evo's driving it. But anyway. Um. <laughs> I'm sure he'd agree with that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the shame to see that Herbert car. It was going uh, relatively strongly and, uh, and up at the, the sharp end of the, of the field, if anything. But uh, always sad to see a retirement in any field of cars. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering, Nick, if the Evil Breitner's car is going to continue in the pits with further problems because we've got that car sitting in the pits as we speak. Yeah, I mean, it's been in the wars. I mean, the, the, the TCR class, which I'm not trying to big up the series, nearly always provides us with fantastic action cars, you know, battling down to the last couple of minutes, you know, potential of swap changes. Unfortunately, the, the three cars still run. We had four cars initially. We lost the Shane Lewis uh, Opal, what, lap two? Lap three? Four. <laughs> We've done four laps. Uh, and we had um, the three cars there. So the leader is the uh, is Miklas Born back in that Ultra Motorsport by Wolfpower. The Volkswagen Golf GCI Cup car. Uh, that's on 258 laps in second. 13 laps behind. And that's not bad. See the problems they had on a couple of occasions. They've been in the pits on a couple of occasions. 
most importantly at the start of uh, well, about an hour into yesterday they broke a strut. They're 13 laps back, James K in the AC Motorsport Audi RS uh, LMG. And then the uh, in third it is Red Camel's Jordan, but Red Camel's Jordan are a further 26 laps back from there. So they've, they've just slowly drifted back. They'll come third because you get classified and you get the points in a Coventic race. You haven't got to cross the line. You haven't got to do anything silly. But it's the last of the runners as well, Nick. Yeah. So they're not going to be challenged by anyone now. Uh, the two other TCE uh, running cars that were in the field are, have already retired. They didn't take the restart this morning. So they're, they're pretty much uh, guaranteed a podium position. And even if they get the car out and they have to do the regulation amount of time I'm sure they'll want to get the car out just to continue in this yeah, event I think so yeah I mean if, if the car's back and running again then, then then just run it for a few more laps just try and you know keep it on the the, the grey stuff and not all the standing stuff on the outside we say this all the time don't we long <laughs> long distance racing is not necessarily about the challenge of, of the competition element of it it's the challenge of getting your car to the finish of a 12 hour race and it's the challenge of being uh, confronted with the adversity of whatever the problem might be and it's how the team go about their job of repairing the car and using whatever they have to hand necessarily not necessarily the right spare part but engineering uh, a bit of tank tape onto the rear bumper uh, very aesthetically unpleasing. I wouldn't have been happy with that as a uh, 917 team, team needed absolutely a tank take application course because that course, was terrible. Yes. It was, yes. it was uh, unwieldy, creased limited in its effectiveness shocking yes we'll mark that down um while we were on our lunch uh, i've noticed that japan lagen in the mp motorsport mercedes is putting the fastest lap of the event a one minute 34.218 that had just beaten the uh, the, the previous fastest lap of the event by matthew jamini who had a 134.612 that was from yesterday so we've gone quicker today and it's of course down to that recovery drive from the 19 Mercedes after those problems. They they are they, they've not given up, have they? They keep they are push, push, pushing. Well the car's obviously theoretically now back into being as healthy as it's been in the entire event. There are less cars on track now. We've lost you know, effectively we have six cars not really running consistently, so you're down to 17 cars on track. You're more likely to get that clear lap you need for a fast run. The track will be cleared up from all the various comings and goings both from yesterday, overnight and this morning. And, you know, the temperature is now quite nicely in the tyres. It's not too hot. We're not going to have a super hot day. Um, and saying that, more and dust pulled on the track by the 793. That's uh, Amadeo Pampanini, done out most of the Lamborghini Super Hurricane, Hurricane Super Trofeo, sorry. And that car has fallen off at that particular uh, chicane, which is the final the, chicane. Zagaria. The, uh, Zagaria. Uh, the Zagaria is, is that the third time we've seen it? Which, how many times has it actually done it? Where you come in, effectively, it's the second part. So you, the, the entry, which is a right-left, then you can go off towards the pit lane. Then you have a left-right, and that's where they're all losing it. And they're losing it on the right-hand side. Now, often they'll have lost it around the left-hand bit. It's carried on going. Other times they lose it on the right bit, and they just slide off to the right into the gravel track. So, for some reason, the second part of the chicane, Zagaria, which is just coming onto the start-finish line, is causing no end of problems to certain cars, particularly that, that Lamborghini. It's exactly what we said, didn't we? We said, oh, Enna, that, that's a pretty easy track to learn. That's a very easy track to learn. That's just a blast around a lake with a few chicanes. But it's getting the optimum out of this uh, out of this track with whatever car you have. And that Lamborghini you seem, seems to have been a bit of a handful through the, uh, the, 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 the rapid change of direction 
the very nature of these chicanes needs a very nimble handling car and a car that's pretty well balanced because that 793 Lamborghini seems to be catching their drivers out very, very, uh, very frequently, let's just be politely say. The mid-engine being a pendulum rather than a... Uh an element of well, a uh, weight down. car is probably one of the easiest cars to balance. Theoretically. Weird balance. Theore well, Theoretically, yes. I don't think you should tell that to Burns and Mark 1 MR2s or people who own X19s because <laughs> they weren't balanced at all, mm. I can tell you. That was that was uh, oversteer on demand even when you didn't want it. Low budget mid-engine sports cars. Maybe not. I'm just saying it's not, expect a little bit better not all to do weight distribution, Joseph. Lamborghini <laughs> Huracan, you expect a little bit more attention to detail, I would imagine. You would. Especially now, owned by Audi. Um, anyway, but just to, just to put in perspective those uh, leaderboard we read down about a quarter of an hour ago, let's just look at the gaps between the positions in class because all the classes are jumbled up. So, leading GT Pro, it's Matthew Jaminet, but in second in GT Pro, it is Matteo Malocelli now in the Dynamic Motorsports car, and he is seven laps behind. So the, lead, the difference between first and second in GT Pro is seven laps. Two, both Porsches, those cars. Both Porsches. In GT Am, the Mercedes of CP Racing with Shane Lewis on board has a three-lap lead over the Audi of Car Collection Motorsport with Elia Earhart on board. So that's a, a four-and-a-half, five-minute lead, three laps. I think they're pretty, all the cars now are pretty level on fuel. Saying that, our third place in GT Pro is coming fuel. Jack Van Lagen is in fuel in the MP Motorsport. In the 991 class, that's led by Simone Patrinicola in the Tempo SRL car. And that is, let's find the second place in 911. That has a lead of four laps over the Fulgenzi Racing Water Palazzo machine. That's the 923. In GT4, our leader is the Aston Martin Vantage of Pro Sport Racing, Nico Verdonk. And in second place, it's Sergio Paulet of Team Avia Sorg Rensport and the GT4. And the difference there is six laps between the two. We've spoken about TCR, and that is led by Ultra Motorsport of Racing. Their Volkswagen leads the Audi of AC Motorsport by 14 laps. That oscillating 14 and 13 as to where they are on the particular position. And... The TCX cars and the PX cars, which were single car formulas, are both no longer running. Uh, the JR Motorsport BMW stopped uh, in the TCX machine yesterday with, with severe mechanical failure. And of course the Wolf car, which is the only one in PX or Prototype X class, the uh, that has uh, been 2 hours and 27 minutes in the pit. So I think that, that was all the classes that we have. So no, the closest one there is the three laps between car collection and CP in GC3 AM. But if uh, yesterday's script is, uh, or today's script is anything like yesterday's script, anything can happen. All right, we're, we're, we're relying on adversity kicking in to uh, perhaps shake up the field. And the thing is, Nick, in, in this situation, it's like, let's take the 19, for instance, who, by the way, has just gone into fueling. Yap Van Lagen in the MP Motorsport car, that car was very much in contention when whatever the problem was, I've yet to establish what that was. Maybe if uh, Seb's listening, he can go down to the MP Motorsport pit and find well, out what the car was. The strange the thing about that was. stop, but they, they came in, they definitely changed the front uh, right shock absorber. We know that. That's fine. Okay, they had, but then they came out and they came back in again during the code six minutes, now 14 minutes of the pits. It's what on earth that second stop was about after it'd been setting fast times. That's the real question, isn't it? Yeah, and, it was that and, weirdness. It's quick, quick, quick. Oh, it's back in the pits 14 minutes again. And remember, the car was perhaps one of the, the perhaps the fastest car on the track at the time. It had just unlapped itself from the leader and put itself onto the lead lap. There was no indication from its pit stop time that the car had a problem. 
Cooper invariably it did, it came into the pits and lost a lot of time, that's really that intention. We're seeing a driver change now going on on the 19, which is the car we're talking about. That, that tactically, strategically, that car has got nothing to lose now, it's, got, it's going to be driven flat out. However, if you are in the CP Mercedes, same car, different team, the CP Racing Mercedes, you've got a good class lead there, you've got your re-offered overall win, uh, laps down, it's about maintaining the discipline, hitting your marks, keeping to a lap time that your engineer has decided will not overly stress the car, not put your drivers into any kind of sort of position of, of chancing things, and talking of drivers being put in, put in a position of chancing things, the number 19 goes into the penalty box, so that soaked up a penalty for something or other. We'll quickly very quick one. That was, a, that was a ten second penalty. That was a ten second. Could be one. anything, couldn't it? Really, too yeah. many people touching the car. Now the only question I have about this is: Yat Van Lagen just did a twenty-eight lap run, uh, and I've twenty. Got, I've got it. Eight laps is less than um, an hour, so Rick Brockers can't get back in again. And we did see, and we thought we saw a driver change, didn't we? Yes. But it's not showing up at the moment on here. Right. We'll soon find out. I, I can tell you that the uh, the number nineteen has taken a 10-second penalty for overtaking another car outside of the track. And they have now switched their third driver. Henk de Jong is, doing a second, is going to do a second run. The AM driver, or the, the gentleman driver, so Henk will get his, his second hour in the car. Now, what you mentioned there, this team has fallen foul of that. Of If we did see Rick Broinkers going in, he hasn't been out of the car long enough to get back in. And that's what happened with this car. We took a, a chunk of penalty this morning. One minute penalty. What we saw that car soak up, so that didn't help uh, the <laughs> adversity that it was uh, that was confronting it. Um, so that that team will be very much on the regulation with regards to driver resting time, which is uh, which is kind of a, a, an amount of time uh, configured from the amount of time you've spent in the car. Rick so Campbell's that's a that's a floating goal. Red Campbell's Jordan back out again, so they are going to continue trying to turn laps. I mean, you know, anything can happen. There's nothing to say that the top two TCR cars won't have catastrophic failures in the last two hours, and they'll uh, they'll trundle through to victory. So they're back out. Car looks looking oddly pristine. It's in the uh, state of various damaged undress. It was in. Uh, it's got a brand new recently. bumper. It's got a brand new front. It's um, it's got a little bit of a ding in the uh, the rear hatch. Is that still there? Which, they put I, it out I, there's night. no point in replacing that. No no point whatsoever. Um, just underneath the rear wing there, just underneath the, the rear screen, has got a bit of a dink where it contacted the barrier. That's not going to have any performance uh, issue whatsoever. It's not going to affect anything. Uh, the AC Motorsport Audi has had a, already had a suspension problem. The, the, the team were worried coming out of qualifying about curb use, and that certainly uh, came to pass and manifested itself in a broken shock absorber, broken in half, in fact. So that team's been running at a conservative pace since then. Um, in car with the 101, if you are watching on the screen, Luke Broikers was John Heidoff's choice of uh, fellow driver when he wins the Euro, Euro Millions. Yes. Um, Luke proving to be a, a bit of a, uh, not just a quick driver, but a very solid driver. And uh, his lap times have been very consistent and very much on the pace. And they will continue to push, knowing Luke and his father Evo, who was sharing that car, um, they, they will continue to push. There's no just like, let's just go round and round to the finish. That let's push and see if we can be in a position. If adversity does hit the cars ahead of us, we're going to be in a position to put that uh, 
the, the, uh, take advantage the of The really good thing they have at the moment is they're in third, and they know they can't be lower than third. Yeah. So they, ha they are I in the literal nothing-to-lose situation. So, effectively, what they need to do is what they actually need to do yesterday evening as well, and fail to do is just turn laps and not even particularly worry about the pace, because if they go a second fast, everyone else, they're not going to catch up enough time. So you just turn the pace and just wait and see. See if the race come to them. What percentage would you go at? 70, 80, No, no, I, I, I can't go below 95, which goes horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go below 95? No, no. All right, so you, you, you're the sort of person who would have to be just on it. So Cause it's I, and, timing Because when I, the problem is, when I get spare brain capacity, my brain is just like, wants, been there, my I've brain been wants to use that spare I've capacity. I've seen 20%. Yeah, my brain wants to use that spare capacity. So it's, it's thinking about something or off on a tangent. So you start daydreaming. So I have to be completely focused on, on the, the driving sort of thing. Otherwise, uh, it's going to go horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. You can't, I, I mean, I've been, we're, we're, you know, we joke about, you know, iRacing, but the thing I was quite good at, which was ready control car racing, I've had to literally stack myself back into concentrating because I'm in a rhythm with the car going around the track. Yeah. And you get into a really lovely rhythm. And then you realise you're, you're backing off from 100% concentration because you're just, uh, and, and you know you've got to come back onto it. Yeah. And, then, and it, what you actually end up doing is you end up finding you need to actually push to actually keep you, you don't yeah. push, you'll lose speed. It's, it's a different thing. It's quite an intensive 8, 12, 15 minute process, not a, two or three hours yeah. but it's the same I think it's the same thing it's, it, 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 I think that, it, that is a skill it's, it's actually I think almost a bigger skill to be effective at 80% as it is to be effective at 105% and that, it, the ability to drive safely but reined back still completely compassmented and still giving it 100% of your concentration that is obviously why professional race drivers are professional because they can have these different modes they can have full attack they can have consolidation they can have you know, it's interesting when you've got a. It's oddly when you've got a little problem, it becomes great. You've got a little problem in the car. Oh, I can work. The concentration to work around that. You know, you give it a, a virtual racing thing. Sometimes you have an accident on a virtual car, and you've got the steering wheel's off straight. Well, that gives them to think about. At that point, amount of times I've done faster laps with a car that's supposedly broken. Because <laughs> that's actually switched on your concentration. 100, yeah, hundred five. That's one of the major attributes that a racing driver has to have. Yeah, an ability to concentrate and keep that focus and concentration in a that, very hostile condition often yeah very much you're so. thirsty very, very you're hot so. you know you're, you're annoyed about something yeah i mean that's that's where you often see, it's interesting that they you know we, we criticize drivers being hot-headed because that's what they are they're they're, they're hot and they're and they're on and they're emotional and that's why the, yeah that's why i think yeah, the, the best racing drivers are always those who can just let it go if you've been wrong let it go you know if you if, if you're annoyed with a driver don't go for retribution just 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 carry on working your program because it never works. Yeah, that, that's I call that keeping the focus. Not being it's helping, easy to say, but helping a young driver in, in the northeast who's at the pretty high level of British karting and uh, uh, he's racing today. And and I just keep saying to him, keep the focus, uh, keep away from the bull, focus, patience. That's I can't, believe, I can't believe any kart racers just suddenly lose it. That doesn't happen, does it? What, you can't losing, race, losing, just suddenly losing, losing cool focus. and just well, losing focus and suddenly, you know, throwing bits of the cars at other people. That would never happen, would it? That, <laughs> he's certainly not on that league. He's, he's a little bit more disciplined than that. A lot more disciplined than that. Not a high benchmark of being disciplined that, is it? Mm. What we saw last week. But uh, yeah, it's, it's one of the major attributes. And I remember, you know, on my quest to become Formula One world champion when I was about 11 or 12, I knew that concentration because you would hear that all the time. So I used to, I used to use my scale extra. Excellent. and do like hundreds of laps and just maintain that concept just to train the mind 
to be focused and block out everything than what you have to think about. And it's a, 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 the other thing that you mentioned there was timing, Nick. You get into a, a, a little bit different in class racing because that timing is often broken up by a, lower, a slower car that you have to get around. But even that, uh, class racing, I find helps the concentration because you're focusing on the slower car that yeah, you're catching easier. and catching and catching, yeah. and then you're overtaking him, and it keeps switching on your focus. You can't really, uh, you can't really fall asleep, can you? But you get, if, you get, if, you're in, if you're in a single class environment, be it you know virtual, scale, or real, and you are turning laps effectively on your own, so three seconds behind car A and five seconds ahead of car C, and you're, and you're just going, well, what, what, what am I, what am I concentrating on getting to the end of this stint? You see, in a multi-class environment. Someone's trying to do you, or you're trying to concentrate on getting past someone the whole time. Into the pits has come the uh, second uh, place in TCE and TCR. AC Motorsports Audi RS3 has been into the pits and had a driver change and is back out already. So full fuel tyres and driver for the number 188. And it's James K now at the wheel of that car. And the other of our... No, I'm wrong on that one. It's another BMW that's come into the bits. It's the GT4, second place in GT4. Sergio Paulier in the team maybe saw Grensport BMW into the pits also. Again, fuel uh, in the fueling area and then onto the pit apron where we saw driver change and tyres going onto the car. That's currently second. First in GT4 is, of course, the uh, Pro Sport Aston Martin. And that's in line to, if it retains that class lead, that car and team, I should say, is in line to go ahead of the number 92 Herbert Motorsport in the European Championship. Yeah. So that's a championship position about to change uh, with the 92 now becoming uh, what looks like a retirement. Yeah, just confirmed. Still in the pits. He hasn't. They haven't shot us. Sebar, cameraman down in the pits, uh, confirming that for us that a car is being retired. So that means that the European Championship League is up for grabs and looking on course. I'm not going to hex it, but being on course for Pro Sport Racing to take that. All about the final round at Zandvoort, though, let's not forget. Yes. In the middle, middle of November. In the, in effectively, it's, it's right now, you have to start buying your thermals, <coughs> your thermals hand tires. warmers. Yeah, bring your wets. Start blanking off all the ventilation in the car, Re redirect all the... <laughs> We're probably overselling it. Bring your wets. It's probably cold, it's isn't gonna it? Be, it's going to be bright sunshine, but chilly. I hope so. Yeah. The only real question is up, up for grabs is, will we be there? I don't know. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to speculate on that one. I know you, the, you're, uh, you're, the world you're, is. You're, at the I, I enjoy the concept of thinking about the chances being at a track, but you, you, you don't want to get your hopes up, do you? I just take one day at a time, <laughs> Nick. I can jump on a ferry at Tyneside, 12 miles from me, and be in Amsterdam in 30 hours or so. Be seasick by Tuesday. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know, the cabaret of the overnight ferry helps. The cabaret in the casino. It's a proper ferry. There's race. a cabaret? There's a cabaret act, yeah. Comedian, singer. Really? Dance act. Is it like a northern club? I've never been in a northern club. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very northern there, How could right? you not be in a northern no, club? I'm not, I'm not very northern. You're going to say you haven't there. earned a it. You don't have a yeah, pigeon lock. You haven't got a, a flat cap. I haven't got a flat cap either. No, no, no. Yeah. Hang on, I think you. This man coming to, to revoke your northern license. Sweeping generalizing. Oh, hey, guess what? 917. The 917 Porsche is in is having problems. No. Yes. Wow. Shocker. That car has had a year, a season's worth of issues 
in this race. It's being driven by oh, Sandra van der Sloot. Honestly. Seems to have had the bad luck card. She is a moving car hex. It looks like she's fired it into the barriers every time. One she's, one barrier, she's, one yeah. broken drive shaft, and, and now it's just not working. Every time Sandra has gotten into the car, there's a problem hit it. It's, it's trailing round now at a very slow pace with the, the hazard warning lights going. It's not very far around the track, only. It's just at the, I mean, uh, the swimming pool chicane, the Valiante Piscina. I mean, the, the, yeah, I think of Monaco when you say the swimming pool chicane. This is why I keep saying it, because it yeah, makes me yeah. think of Monaco too. Yeah, um, that car is obviously uh, out is of contention and has been for a while. Is that car going to be able to get back under its own power, or are we going to go code 60 is the question. If you need fuel, two or three laps either way, I come in now, just to take the gamble. I don't think that's going to get back coming to the outside of the sweeping curve down to the chicane Prospina, which is quite a long run. It's a good three quarters of a mile, I would say. And it's stopping. It looks like it's running and she has pulled to the left. So that will require a code 60 to get this truck out. Yeah, I think it's Not called be yet, so get in the pits, boys, we've got a chance. We're very quickly going to see the Code 60 come out. Um, uh, news from, uh, well, via Paul Truswell, uh, from Rick Breukers. Um, we finally got a, a information as to regarding the uh, the problem with that Mercedes. The M We're talking about the 19, the number 19 uh, MP Motorsport Mercedes that uh, was in contention for a race win, in fact. Uh, we had a shock absorber failure. It was getting worse and worse, and then it broke. They fixed it, but apparently the splitter was also broken, so that explains why he had to come back in. He had to come back in again, and after that, the car was okay. Uh, then I pushed a bit, and the lap times were getting faster. Yeah, we saw that, Rick. So uh, we have gone close. It was the splitter, which, which was the 14-minute stop, so that's that, fine. Yeah, it went out after replacing the suspension, the, the, the suspension strut. Uh, splitter was still broken, so it came out. Gone called 60, then, Nick. And no one took the minute or two minutes of warning that was going to happen to, to, to stop for fuel, which is really odd, unless we just had to be this weird situation where no one was in the, uh, no the fueling window. Although in immediately to the pits has come uh, Miklas Born in the leading by a country mile, uh, Autorama Motorbike Wolf Power Racing Volkswagen Golf GTI TCR DSG, to give it its full title. <laughs> uh, they have come in for fuel. Um, perhaps they didn't need a full tank, which is why they didn't come in the previous lap. Sandra, once again, who has spent a lot of her time on a flat back and flat pack, no flat, flat bed. bed, a flat bed in this. Uh, I don't know where we've got flat pack from. I've got well, IKEA she's not on the plane. IKEA, is she? <laughs> she's Dutch. She's not even Swedish. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> so it's about to get the fact that you've got a third trip on the flat bed. Yeah, that, I mean that poor team. The uh, it's Flugenzi Racing. Their other car up in the uh, up in ninth place overall. It's uh, currently second in the 991 Cup class. So the two-car team, both in 991 class, one of the cars having all of the bad luck in that Fugetsi team. So we wait for the flatbed to recover the car. More track inspections going on. And the dishevelled pile of tyres. Soria and Soria. It's looking... It is actually... I mean, it's broken the binding on one side. That's a good chance that the... What we're talking about is the tyres on the outside of the Panetta chicane who have been... Um, regularly attacked by cars and they are beginning to look like there's a possibility the whole thing could it could dis disintegrate 
some point. As the cars come through there, Nick, they're, they're just slowly scuffing moved it, aren't they? And they, they just touch a it. Centimetre yeah. at a time. <laughs> next car, centimetre. Next car, centimetre. <laughs> Before we know, two metres. It's just been moved about. How far? They moved about. Yeah, about a metre. About, about two metres. So it's been, and that's since the last Code 60, which was how long ago? About about an hour and a half. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it does move a lot, and it just shows that's the uh, that's the Panetta. Um, is it the Panetta? No, that's the Panetta. That's the. Uh, no, no, I'm, I mean the where the tyres. Yes, the Panetta, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Panetta is where you're basically threading a needle. Um, fluid being put no, down by news, the 917. Yeah. Which might means be, it might be another drive shaft because they've done one, and it could be one. a little bit of gearbox oil has leaked out because of that. Yeah. Um, Porsches are quite fond of dropping drive shafts. Not as fond as some of the other cars are. I wonder if the 24H series gets a, an invoice for a new pile of tyres at the Panetta skin. Because <laughs> we've completely dismantled well, it over the fairness, course of time. Well, in fairness, my guess is there's several thousand hand-cooked tyres that are only going to be turned into tennis courts. And they just leave a few behind. Maybe we could re yeah, maybe we could recycle them into a, t a tyre bollard. I always wonder, when they say that you know old racing tyres are turned into tennis courts, I'm just wondering, how many tennis courts do we need in the world? Because you think about the amount of racing against the amount of tennis courts and, and those yeah, tennis courts and those tennis courts are not being replaced every year are they your, your bouncy tennis court surface probably lasts what five years seven years oh I don't know about that longer than that I would have thought so I'm just wondering I think some tyres get turned to tennis courts many other tyres into other stuff entirely into other tyres they obviously decided that tennis courts is something we can all visualise so let's say yeah we've turned all your tyres into a tennis court I would imagine Nick that it's one of the uh, one of the things that we turn all tyres into perhaps all the other things that they want to talk about you know well I don't know, you know, I don't know dodgy things in some way I don't know what dodgy what like skin tight rubber N body stock and yes NRA gun ranges um. <laughs> <laughs> there's very little actual rubber in tyres these days no it's true yeah it's all a synthetic material and quite, uh, I mean, we're talking, you know, the, of the science of tyres. Talking about the molecules of the of the tyre uh, mixing with the molecules of the tarmac on a and molecular level. no one level. genuinely understands how that works. Not at all, mate. Not at all. <laughs> they, they've got an idea. <laughs> I, I, I only have a day about, uh, idea thinking about how molecules could entwine. They bind and unbind, yeah. Because, I, I mean, my, my favourite thing is there's three types of grip. There's friction, chemical, and aerodynamic, and the mixture. Uh, and there's a mixture depending on the cars. Michael Hetherington is he helping out from my part of the world. <laughs> oh, he's got a flat cap. Never knew the Shields Ferry had all that entertainment on it. <laughs> um, I'm not talking about the Shields Ferry, mate. That just goes across the tide. You need to try the Amsterdam Ferry. It's full of stag and hen do's for a start. So, oh, um, or it wasn't the day. Obviously, these days it's a little bit different. But uh, yeah, the Shields Ferry has a totally other sort of entertainment brought about free from the local clientele of the area marvelous i think if you all... time it right can we imagine how that's going to be working you have no idea what the shields ferry is do you Nick? Mm. it's just a ferry that links north shields to south shields across the time across the mouth of the time river time that is i have been i've been on other local i have been on a ferry in newcastle but didn't go anywhere it's a tuxedo princess that wasn't a ferry, mate. That was an ocean line. <laughs> ocean line? What ocean was that? Heinoff used a DJ on it. Did you know that? Yeah. Oh, you were on there with him? I don't know. The year, I went there a couple of times in the mid-80s, so probably before his time. 
Yeah, he could well have been your DJ. <laughs> so our, our lives have overlapped. It, it is it is worrying, the, the unknown entire. I just found yeah. out you subscribed to the channel I was on. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You've seen my thumb. Yeah. In uh, the pits comes the seven, the Dynamic Motorsport car from second in GT Pro and third overall. You got your wish, Nick. You were questioning why no one had come in under Code 60, and pretty much all of the front runners have. But late. When they could have come earlier and got more yeah, fuel. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. But then again, you know, it's, um, it depends where they were, track position-wise. Matteo Maricelli in the seven. Despite that graphic showing he was third, he's actually scored fourth. Uh, he's third in... Uh, he's second no, he's second in sec four. and fourth overall, so... And fourth overall, yeah. I think that may have been the case that when he came in the pits, he was, and he just literally got, got re-overtaken by Elliot Earhart in the uh, Audi R8 uh, GT3 AM cars while he was actually in the pit. That's exactly what happened, and these cars are uh, actually in a race position, uh, very close track-wise. That will, uh, obviously, with uh, Calamia now in that number seven, by the way, uh, with the number seven being static during that pit stop, that's allowed the number 88 car collection car to eke out. It's already out of the pits, so it's um, that f five seconds or so showing on the timing screens is not quite five seconds as we had the number seven having to pit and uh, just relinquishing that third place. So that, that third and fourth is going to flip-flop between the pit stops all the way to the finish, of which we have two hours and 23 minutes of this race left. Then, of course, it is a battle overall, but not a battle in position. And there is, there is yeah. bit, because the thing about it is, if you do come third, you get to stand on the overall podium. Doesn't, you, know, you may not have moved up in class, but you do get an overall podium position. That, it's an overall and podium and then the class podium. I was yeah. on the podium in the Copa Fiorio. Not a class podium, the podium. Yeah. Looking a little bit further down the pits, in fact, everybody seems to have been in the pits now, uh, apart from Henk de Jong, of course, MP Motorsport, who came in about 20 minutes ago. Um, Henk, is, I assume this is because Henk, being the gentleman driver, is, is just using his time up. Uh, under the code 60 so he's running his hour uh, under code 60 to, to knock that time out course car on the track uh, track inspections going on around the whole of this circuit and looking at all the chicane curbings and the uh, the track director this the race director coming out they're not happy about these this third chicane the chicane prospina are they they're, they're now having a look at the other side they had a look at the entry uh right hand and now looking at the second corner of the left hand which appears to be under the set yep has the same problem they've lifted up haven't it hasn't come out yet but they've lifted up the edge of the sausage curb yeah so we've got it was the right hand apex to the right hand part of the chicane that we were looking at earlier we're now looking at the left hand apex where the the chicane then goes left it's a right left chicane we're now on the apex of that there and it's the same problem with the front leading edge of the flat sausage let's call it uh lifting off the ground we're going to do uh, a bit of a repair job that that's loose that curbing is loose Goes up completely loose and uh, that will need effectively uh, re-securing before we get any further uh, while we've gone quiet we're under code 60 as we say and we're going to remain under code 60 uh, not just because we're recovering that uh, that Porsche that 917 Porsche of Sandra van der Sloot being re recovered to the, the pits we're also going to have a go at uh, repairing some of the track curbing. Um, here's a fun fact put out by the series, 24 series tweets. Um, we've got the uh, the MP Motorsport nine, car number 19 currently third in GT3 Pro. 
uh, with Rick Breukers on the in that car and the Red Camel 101 third in TCR. Does anybody remember the last time the Breukers' father and son, Evo and Rick, were on two separate podiums at the same event? I don't remember that. I do not remember that. No. I, we've seen Rick and Evo race uh, together a lot of times. Together you and, and I, apart as such, yeah. You and I, so distinguishing. No, that's that. a... But that's one for the, the collective uh, who are eagerly Googling that now. and uh, looking That's a hard Google, that would be. It is a tough tough question. I'm not sure, I'm not sure how, I'd, how, I would, how I would phrase that question. So we are uh, at Bradders3078, at RC Racing, and at RSL Studio, hashtag 24H Series uh, for that one, and uh, hashtag CopperFlorio2020 as well. And we'll see if anyone can answer that question, because that's what we're on course to do. So more attention being given. I, I can't see what yeah, we're under doing code there, sixty. Nick. We're under code sixty for ten minutes um, for car nine one seven being stopped at turn sixteen officially. But of course that car has been rescued and is back in the pits now. This is now changing to an examination of the curbs at the Prosper Enos chicane. Now just to, to explain to those of you who aren't able to see the pictures, it's a double chicane. So the, the, all the problems with the entry. We've, we had problems because the last code sixty was, was a problem with the right hand corner coming into the first part then it's now the left which is the second part just so you know the chicane thing has a short little straight before going left and right tight again but people aren't carrying the same sort of speed by their kind of second one comes along so that isn't causing consternation but it is now the the left so you've got really sharp right you've taken loads of curb now you take loads of curb on the left uh, uh hang on a second you've knocked the uh, the, the sausage curb off again well, well, after we saw such care being taken with repairing the curb and and writing it the first time the cars went through we saw a whole field of cars just absolutely muller across the kerb where we'd been yeah. so concerned with, oh, we better we better miss this part of the curbing out. They didn't care. It's One racing drivers. Bit. Yeah. Uh, and talking about, about racing drivers, Matthew Jaminet has taken over the GPX car. Um, I'm taking over some more fuel the GPX car, sorry. Um, Hank Marakalmir has also taken it back into fuel. So that some people are really taking the chance to top right up now, Joe, with some double stops going on to, uh, to fill the tanks high. Great idea. Great idea. It's, uh, the only thing that's going to restrict that and stifle that uh, tactic is, of course, maximum driver time of two hours. That'd be interesting. I wonder whether any of them are, are using all the tank. Because don't forget, whilst there are maximum refuel levels, the maximum refuel level is not necessarily the same size as your tank. So, for example, the maximum refuel on the old Mercs used to be, I think, 105 litres, but they had a 120-litre tank. So they would start the race with 120 litres. But they can only ever refuel 105, so they tend to run a bit longer at the front and at the start and yeah, because they could. Right. At this point, when you're getting effectively nigh on free stops during Code 60, do you keep on topping the thing up? Obviously, there's a disadvantage in weight, but an advantage in, in uh, tactics and strategy. Yeah, I think now you're pushing that. You need, you need to be extending that fuel window constantly, maximising the, the fuel window and trying to balance that with the two-hour driver time. Is, uh, is not an easy task for our uh, men and women on the pit wall trying to work it out. But uh, we're getting towards that point of a, of a very long distance race. We're coming towards the last, fi the, the, uh, the, the final two hours of this 12 hour race. So we are beginning to get into the realms of back timing. Oh yeah. And being able to get that car to its final fuel stint and hopefully the final driver stint. So we now have uh, open curb surgery. A we man have. with the uh, electric drill and a nice hammer has turned up. So I assume he's going to try and... 
either hammer down the existing stud or drill it out. And they're going to find a way of remounting that. And the problem they've got is the, the loose section of this second sausage kerb on the left-hand turn. It's not the little nice flat uh, end piece. It's the next piece along. So they've got a problem with the middle piece. Quite wide as well, that, that section. So they, take, they can't retake really that middle piece out and leave the two bits either side. And they take off the front bit, then no one's going to bother that chicane at all, are they, basically? <laughs> We've got an answer to the uh, the Breakers family question. Already? Uh, is that 24-hour yeah, series the, I told the you? Series of, no. The series has stopped, stopped teasing us. Puts out our misery. Um, it, um, actually, we've got a winner as well, Mike Nash. Um, <laughs> Mike Nash has also tweeted, Spa 2019. Uh, so here's the official answer, Mike. It happened twice in 2019, so you're halfway there, mate. Uh, one was at Spa. Yay, the winner. I'm wondering what he wins. What does he win, 24-hour uh, series? Uh, Rick finished third. I think he should get one of those flat caps. That would be a great little prize. I'd like to point out, I hope the boys are listening, Ola and uh, Peter. Both Joe and I would like you to stick a flat cap in a bag for us. Yes, I will see you uh, very soon. Hopefully Hopefully it's Zanvo, if not Dubai. If not Dubai, Uh, which brings us nicely on to Mike Nash's next tweet. But before that, uh, so Rick finished third in the A6 class while Evo won the TCR race. That was at Spa in 2019. Uh, The other, Dubai, when Rick won outright with the car collection car and Evo was third in TCR with Red Camel. Uh, far, fair, fair warning. We can get nerdier. We like nerdier. It's not an issue. Uh, you, no in, problem. You're in good company here, and Mike Nash wins that one. And uh, Mike, while you're on, great to have you along today as well. And yes, you're asking uh, some calendar news. We, we by now we we have usually uh, issued information with regards to the 21 calendar uh, for obvious reasons. We're unable to do that. All we can see right now is Dubai is scheduled. As is the six hours of Abu Dhabi the following week. And six hours of Abu Dhabi the following week. Uh, what I will see is the Creventic staff are working feverishly with circuits. Uh, some new, some new venues. But obviously, uh, it's very, very hard to nail anything to the floor. As we're seeing on our curve. Exactly, yes. yes. <laughs> Brings us nicely back to the curve. Can't, they, can't, uh, they can't nail down a calendar or, or a, a sausage curve. Or a sausage curve, yes. Uh, so we're very we're, we're struggling, obviously, for for, for obvious I think, reasons. I think the say. issue is is that any calendar you you build, however much you may think it's all in place, has to have an asterisk against it because we just don't know what the situation is going to be globally moving into next season. I think most of us are confident the world will be in a better place, but where we can go, freebie, where free people from freely travel to, no one knows. It's up in the air. Yeah. So for now, Dubai, fingers crossed, we'll all be there. New message, curbs must be repaired on the inside of turn eight, which is right. the second part of uh, right. Pirina. So they're going to, um, oh, hang on. Is that a new layer of tyres? for the, <laughs> uh, They finally found the tyres. For the, uh, for the Shakir. It's still called the, the Pinetica. Pinet- Pinet- yeah, I You've had a problem with that word, haven't you? Because <laughs> you know you're not allowed to say Schumacher, so you can't remember it. It's so much easier. I could have remembered that so much easier. <laughs> it is, it's new tyres. New tyres for the Pinetica. A new tyre delivery for the sad, oh, sad tyres. It's going to be sad to see that pile of tyres go. They've though, worked I mean. so hard. It's so. Do you know what? They've worked so hard, I describe them as hero tyres. They really they are. are. Heroes. I mean, those poor, <laughs> that poor stock of tyres with that wrapping has just been completely and utterly and slowly dismantled. Into the pits has come the two cars at the front of this field. The Matthew Jaminet-driven GPX Porsche in with its uh, Gulf livery, the homage to the Targa Florio uh, Porsche 908 liveries, of which there was very, there was very, there was quite a few Gulf liveries with. 
shaped arrows and uh, bonnets that were at the front of the car, the front of the 908 Porsche comes to mind. And of course, Targa Floria, the, one of the, uh, the, the, the biggest road racers of the time. I'm going to say well. something now, which is not controversial. I don't think oh, Robert Renault is getting in the tw that 36 car. Because I'm pretty sure that's Jordan Grover again. I'd kind of made up my mind about that this morning when I saw... Um, I well, well, I think I saw one of the, the drivers that had driven a lot yesterday getting back into the car, and I just thought, I'm not even sure Robert Renault is, is actually here. He's on, the, he's, on the, uh, he's on the guest list. He just didn't turn up. Yeah, he's on the entry list. He didn't turn possibly, up. Um, possibly... Um, it may well have been that they had um, doubts over Matthew's availability, so they had Robert as the backup. That's a good point. Porsche yes, expert, very good had them point. both on the list, yeah. and probably said, "Hey, it's all right, Robert. We don't need you for this weekend." Or Robert yeah. may have an ADAC meeting he can do instead. So it's, you know, it's pretty much uh, safe. So they are now working very hard at both seven and eight, both the entrance and the exit to that uh, Prosperina chicane. They've warned the drivers that the very slow vehicles on track, which was the tractor delivering the tyres to the Pinetta chicane. So effectively, you know, we've had 23 to 20 to 23 cars pounding round for several hundred laps, all taking liberties of the chicane. The chicanes have gone, oh no, too much. And they need a bit of a rest. Well, they have been mullered pretty much every lap. Um, the two leading cars, the number 36 GPX Porsche and the CP Racing uh, Mercedes car 85, have both been into the pits. Uh, Jordan Groger now at the wheel of the leading Porsche, car 36, and Charles Putman. Now at the wheel of the 85, Charles Putman being the, the CP in CP Racing, the man with his this, name above the door. This set of tyres coming along is not a new set of tyres to be delivered from the pits. It's, it's better got, looking. It's got a lot of foliage just growing out of it. It's, it's got trees growing They've from taken it. it from somewhere else on the track. They've, we've run around, well, no one's hit this bit of the circuit. We'll take these tyres, well, which I've, have a large amount of tree poking out of them. Well, I've got to say, Nick, that the, the wrapping, what we're talking about here is is a pile of tyres, uh, three or four piles of tyres, stood about five or six tyres high, with then a wrapping around the tyres to keep them into one lump that are used as barriers and the like. And uh, we're using a, the, this sort of thing at the Pinata chicane on the inside edge of one of the apexes of the chicane. And it's kind of, you thread the car through the, through the tyre piles. Well, the Warren driver's right, which is on the exit kerb, as you've heard us describe, has been completely, is slowly being dismantled. First, we're unwrapping it, turning the wrapping into shreds. Oh, and it's been retired there. It's a sad sight to see that pile of tyres that has served us so well, just being pushed out of the way into the gravel trap and a new pile of tyres with Not some a pristine new from the... From the from, they've not come from a compound of ready-made new tyres. The tree growing out of them is a bit of a giveaway. It's a before and after picture, isn't it? <laughs> Before and after the uh, the diet kind of thing, uh, a brand new well not brand new but a, a, a less used pile of tyres now coming into the uh, into the under the apex of the Panetta chicane. That's a good good move. I'm not totally sure the old set could have survived the final two hours. It wasn't going to survive, was it? it was they were looking a little bit like you know. Oh no! It, it one was more. coming apart. It kind of felt spraying twelve or fifteen tyres across the set could have been an issue. Well, they're, yeah. they're brave enough. They're going to string them together. I think that they'll hold up for the rest of the trip back around the track again. When are they going to put those where they found these the, the original tyres from? Well, the, 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 the new 
tyre uh, lump, if you like. It's not new. It's been taken from the track somewhere. It needs to be flopped over, actually. That's no. not how it's going to work. They'll get that next. There's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of guys working but there with the, with the tractor. It's obviously from a location on the track where it's not being hit constantly by traffic. It's something. So, it's probably protecting the end of a barrier so or something. So the old worn tyre pile can be easily replaced there and could probably live there and see its days out. I hope so. Until it actually dissolves into the earth. I, I, I would hate to see it retired and and taken to the, the big tire fire, fire in the sky, <laughs> made yeah. into another tennis court. I would hate to see that pile in a skip. <laughs> yes. It's served as well. You can't well. do that anymore. You can't it's throw tires well. in skips. It's all about recycling. The world needs another million tennis courts. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, curb repairs still going on. As our ever faithful Pinetta Chicane tyre clump is now being lifted and manhandled away back around the circuit to replace its new younger relative, which takes its position onto the exit curbing of the Pinetta Chicane. Uh, we're about uh, seven and a half minutes away from the top of the hour, which goes into uh, our final two hours. And uh, if anything, Nick, it's been one of those endurance races that have kind of done exactly what endur endurance races should, really. Um, we, we, we have been led down a path of relative security with how the field looks, but I'm not really settling in here because even though we've got our front four cars being spaced out, I think we've got to look at uh, third and fourth before we see uh, two cars on the same lap. The, the rest of the field being strung out with uh, lap gaps rather than minutes and seconds. Uh, however, it only takes it's a short lap here, a minute and a minute and thirty seconds, ninety seconds, minute, just over a minute and thirty seconds is the lap time here for the faster cars. So you can you can lose a lot of laps very very quickly in a short space of time if you have the even the slightest of problems. So everything up for grabs very much still. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's one of those uh, slow burns. This is particularly this this hour we've come back on where we yeah we, we saw effectively a small amount of racing. Everyone repositioned themselves. Cars getting back running again, and then started to think right. I've now got two hours to get, go for it. But then we got we set with this relatively long code six. And I think that is about to end by the looks of it. The course cars are driving away. The man has put down his big drill. So this started. 24 minutes ago, so another 25 minutes um, code 60, initially caused by the uh, Sander van der Schoss Porsche grinding to a halt, but then the opportunity was taken to check all the curbs and the various chicane markings, and they had decided to replace a few of them, so that's been done. Well, so actually, Nick, the next two hours. I think the, uh, the, the stewards were aware of that, because I did see a marshal uh, lifting that piece up and inspecting it earlier, and it, then the first opportunity that arose we had a proper inspection team come down and uh, and check that out, and uh, we seem happy with it. Um, the SE Motorsport Audi has had an eventful race. That car was one of the first cars to uh, experience the curbs here at uh, Enna and find that the, using the curbs was perhaps not the best way forward. However, since that uh, shock absorber snapping and breaking in half, that car has had uh, a what we would call a recovery drive. It's currently second Oddly, in TCR. It's not actually recovered because I think it was. It, it started 14 not. laps behind the Wolf Power, 13 or 40. It's now 13 or 14 behind the Wolf Power. What is it? Seven hours of running later. 
Um, so they've, but they've, all they've proven is that if they hadn't had that problem, they'd have been right up there or thereabouts. Well, they were concerned uh, even after qualifying. And uh, a message from Seb in the pit lane, the Herbert, Me- Herbert mechanic said the track has broken their car. They're talking about the 92. No. The drivers have broken their car. I, you could argue that, no, couldn't no. you? Yes. I tell you right now, what has, at no point has the track leapt out from where it's always <laughs> been and smashed itself into the car. Well, we because well, do you know what that. that never ha- well it, it does happen occasionally when you when, you, when a downforce car sucks up a drain. But apart from that, the track stays where it is, and the, the drivers have driven over you've, the parts of the track that have broken their car. You said this yourself, though. All right, we'll just mention the SE Motorsport Audi RS3, currently second in TCE and TCR, and they changed their attitude to this track, knowing the potential, and then that potential was clarified and confirmed when they broke the shock absorber. Since then, all of the drivers in that car have been taking a very conservative approach to using the curbs, and in so doing, disadvantaging themselves by reducing their lap times and their performance because they've, they've, they've had to drive around the curbs rather than smash over them, which has always been the case. Look, yeah, I mean, just to explain the reason you think, well, when you go over the curb, you take a shock, you, you put the car up in the air. But what you're doing is you are flattening out the corners. Therefore, the flatter a corner, the, straightening, the, the, straightening yeah, exactly, the, yeah. the faster you can go. That's why people do it. They run the curb, despite the fact they unsettle the car and take it off the ground, because it means you have a faster corner entry and a faster corner exit. You know, properly turning right and then left will take off more speed. So it's all about gaining an advantage. It's all about motor racing. It's all about, you know, but it's that risk and reward element of motor racing. If you're doing a 20-minute Formula 4 race, then not bang every curb as much as you can, straight line everything. And that's how you should drive it. If you're doing a part of a 12-hour endurance race, a new track with a very high propensity of curbs and everything else, do you not feel that perhaps someone should have had a chat beforehand? Obviously, there's luck and bad luck. You can obviously hit a curve badly and do badly on it. But to me, I have no sympathy. <coughs> so the just before we hear from Joe, who's busy dying in the corner, um, just you know, everyone has stopped for fuel. Most people have stopped for twice during this uh, coaching. Just to prove my point, the fourth place car, Maro Calamia, has come in again from Dynamic Motorsports, so they've stopped for double fuel. So everyone is going to come when this coaching goes, which we're hoping is quite soon. There will be a um, most people have a full tank. Also happening now, seven nine three Amado Pampanini, the often facing the wrong direction seven nine three Lamborghini Huracan Super Trofeo, that is doing something uh, which we haven't seen so much of. It's doing a, a brake pad change. Yeah, oddly that, and that's the car that's had a problem with the final chicane. We might be able to squeeze in a, a bit of our f- uh, class rundown uh, before we go a little bit earlier than usual. It's uh, just coming up to the top of the hour. Uh, we're about a couple of minutes away, and while we're under code 60, would be nice to be able to give you a, a class rundown before we go green again. So I'm sure everyone is listening, and we may get that up on our screens any moment now. There's another three cars, four cars now in for fuel, so they're obviously getting the idea that they want to fuel up. So this be, what we should get now is, is quite a intensive 50 minutes to an hour of cars just running and turning and, and, and there isn't actually any, another code 60 no one needs to come in for fuel and no one's going to need to come in for drive time yeah we're, we're, we're with everyone being able to refuel sometimes more than twice and getting two slot two half half allowances in fuel 
we've probably got enough to get us to only one stop left. Let's have a quick rundown at the top of the hour just before we get there. GPX Racing leads by on 302 laps and then uh, four laps behind them. CP Racing in their Mercedes is second, third and uh, uh, second. Is, uh, sorry, I meant to say CP Racing leading GT3M. Second in GT3M and third overall is the car collection Audi, car number 88. And in fourth place is the number seven Porsche of Dynamic uh, Motorsport. They're on the same lap as the car ahead of them. So that's the race we'll uh, be able to focus on. I think that's going to work out to be about a couple of laps, actually, because uh, a couple of laps down off them, because that's a, almost a three-minute gap shown on the timing screens under this Code 60 condition. Henk de Jong is now at the wheel <coughs> pardon me, of MP Motorsports Mercedes uh, in fifth spot. And then we've got the uh, Dynamic Lamborghini, of the number 793 just being in the pits there and showing uh, already coming out of the pits having had a brake service on the front of that Lamborghini and in sixth spot overall. First in 991 is seventh overall and that's the Tempo SRL Porsche car 916. In ninth place overall and second in 991 is the Fulgenzi Racing uh, Porsche uh, Walter Palazzo at the wheel of the 923 in ninth spot. Tenth spot is the 907. Stefano Monaco now at the wheel of that car. It's the Dynamic Motorsport Porsche, uh, third in 991. And then we've got our GT4 class leader. That's the Aston Martin of Pro Sport Racing. Rodrigue Guillon is in the 401, currently 11th overall. Second in GT4 and 12th overall is the number 451 team. Have you saw Grensport BMW M4? And then we've got the MP Racing car of um, uh, the MP Racing Mercedes, I should say, of Karina Gosner in the pit still, and that car looking very much like it will be a retirement. Uh, cars that are on that are also looking at retirement: the 92 Jürgen Haring uh, Herbert Motorsport Porsche. That car's in the pits and out of the race. Uh, but let's not forget, in 17th place overall, car 409. Uh, Maxi Brahms at the wheel of the La Moraste by Akib Vashur McLaren. That car had problems very early in the race and that car very much enjoying its drive around the, uh, the lake here at Ennepagusa and uh, stays in the race and enjoying the drive of that McLaren around this track. Uh, other cars out of the race, dual race, Porsche, uh, fifth currently in 991 but very much out of contention and out of the race. And, uh, of course, we can't forget the SPX prototype that retired quite a while ago. <clears throat> our next look will be at our TCE runners. And we've got three cars running, uh, left running, and that's uh, the class and race, indeed. The TCE race is being led by the TCR class, and that's the 112 Autorama Motorsport by Wolf Power Racing. It's the uh, Volkswagen Golf that car leads from the AC Motorsport Audi. Uh, James Kay now at the wheel of that number 188 in second place. And then we've got the troubled Red Camel's George Cooper, car 101 in third place. The other two runners in TCE are retirements. The GR Motorsport BMW in the TCX class went out early yesterday uh, with a broken diff and the VMAX engineering was our first retirement, only four laps of racing for that Opel Astra. And that car is a retirement. You're listening to the Copper Florio, the 12 Hours of Sicily, the part of the 24-hour series 2020 championship. And Joe Bradley, Nick Damon coming to you on the RSL network of channels. Less than two hours to go in the Copper Florio. And, and you'd be pleased to know that that, that 
brief break before we started earlier. Um, you know you had a little bit of a coughing fit. But within yes. about two seconds, someone had a, a question your overall health. My overall health <laughs> yes. is fine. Too much, I'm doing too much talking and it's not great. enough water. It's like, is, is there any sort of, no, is he all right? Is yes. So the, obviously you said Joe's dying in the corner. <laughs> pictured me rolled up in a recovery position or something. Yeah. Or possibly suffering from very popular disease these Who days. Who was that? Who was concerned? But I wouldn't go as far as concerned, but on the YouTube it was uh, Matt Christie iRacing. <laughs> Does he have the COVID? <laughs> well, everybody has if I have now. Oh, dear. So, leading away, it is Jordan Grogan now in the 36 GPX Racing Porsche 911. They have a very healthy four-lap lead over second, but even more importantly, they have a lead of seven and a half laps over the next person in GT3 Pro. I don't... Just, just I'm going to ask you a difficult question now, Joe, but I don't remember anything going awry with that GPX car. Has it had the perfect run or near-perfect run or as much as you can get in 10 hours? Sorry, Nick, I'm just replying to Natasha. <laughs> I haven't died on you, don't worry. <laughs> I just thought I'd leave a gap there. Sorry. You talk amongst yourselves. I was just saying, GPX Racer, I think they've had just about a perfect run. Uh, I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to say anything far, to that. Just about, they've run a canny race. Oh. They really have. They've, they've used their drivers. I, I particularly like Frederick Fanian using himself very strategically it's his team he wants to race and he's used himself strategically by by doing the minimum requirement driver time he knows that he can't lap as quick as Mathieu Jaminet and Jordan Groger and so he's used himself in that car within the regulations and just to correct something um, you mentioned during the rundown um, the Whilst not doing brilliantly, the 58 uh, MP Racing Mercedes AMG Evo in GT3, that's not that's not out of the race at all. That is back up and running again. Um, they were just that that particular pit stop they were having whilst this rundown was going on was a, uh, a standard one. They have had several non-standard ones prior to this, and after don't forget they were they were, they were leading the race, weren't they? At one point they, they, they held everyone up behind the Wolf Racing car for a while. They were second place um, in that uh, bright green uh, latest version Mercedes. GT3 machine. Uh, they have dropped down, unfortunately, to 14th overall, third in class, but they are up and running, and last time round, uh, posting a reasonably competitive lap time with Thomas Gossner at the wheel, but they have a chance of making up a few more positions in the overall running, but it's unlikely they'll make up any positions in the uh, ultimate order. They have benefited, of course, from Jürgen Harding and Herbert Motors Herbert, Herbert Motorsport, the 92 car, pulling out, who have now dropped down to fourth and last in GTM and we believe they will not be rejoining the event. Hank Dion continues the MP Motorsport car, he's also a gentleman driver. Um, a couple of seconds a lap off the speed you see from Rick Borkers or Jap van Lagen but you know as you can as from the proudly proclaimed on the side of the car the De Jong packaging group is the, uh, the uh, sponsorship on the machine and that is because that's Hank De Jong so he's the man whose name well actually above the door in this particular right, I don't know it, it might be of course that the uh, the logo is above the door on the car but uh, it's not above the door of the garage but so De Jong taking his time getting an hour in the second half of the race as well and he's about to go past another well-known Dutchman in Luke Broikers the 101 Camels goes a further lap behind the Hank De Jong 
fifth place MP Motorsport car. And the famous clumping is happening again. Lucky this time it isn't just all uh, Porsches, so you can identify some of them. There are a great number of black and gold Porsches on this uh, track. Due to the desire of uh, Danak Motorsport, who had five entries overall to paint all their cars, and three of the Porsches, two of them Lamborghinis, they painted them all in a very similar gold and black livery. And they're leading one of those particular dynamic cars. It's hard to tell because they may not be in the exact order. Took a massive liberty there over turn seven. He didn't. He wasn't even concerned about such a curb at the end, so he's nowhere near it. I think you you, you have to not consider the curbs the curbs but he, was, he was on the other side of the curb yeah well we he'd skipped the sausage he'd skipped the sausage entirely we did have a penalty issue to the number 19 didn't we for overtaking um off the track so he's, he's gone the other side of the curb to i think, I think the it car. was a 907 the uh stefano monaco car that one i think it's not always easy to sell and say there are five cars painted well two different chassis types uh painted in very similar black and gold color 793 has Nicholas Sturzinger in it. Um, this is the Lamborghini Hurricane Super Trofeo running GT3 Pro. That's a car that's often been pointed the wrong way, mostly coming out of the final chicane, the chicane Zagalia, but has now been pointed the right direction for a lap or two. Last time around a 143. Again, interesting, exactly the same as we saw after the last long uh, Code 6. He's just taking, even though the track hasn't changed, it's taking the cars a little while to get up to full speed. Working up a couple of seconds a lap before they get to the yeah, actual it's, load. It's quite, uh, it's quite apparent, isn't it? And that was pure speculation on my part. But I said that obviously the tyres had dropped off, lost a little bit of tyre temp uh, just on the 60 kilometres, uh, 60 kilometres an hour running. And uh, talking of tyre temp, uh, the 923 Porsche running that left rear very hot indeed. And the reason it's running very hot indeed is because it's got no air in it. Yes. And it's basically running on the carcass, which is about to delaminate and destroy itself. This is Walter Palazzo in the second place in 911 class for Genzi Racing Machine. He has a lead of only 45 seconds over the third place in class, the uh, curb hopping Stefano Monaco. So that is going to be a change in position between second and third because they're not going to get that into the pits and change it and get the car back out again in 45 seconds so the podium in 911 is going to change with an hour and 50 to go and he's going too quickly as well he's shedding yeah. all sorts of bits of the tide he needs to just ease it back and get the car back in the best possible condition because he knows nick he knows that that uh, class position is right there with him and he's you know what you've got to resign yourself though and keep again i'll say the word discipline you know that the car behind you is only 17 seconds behind you. There's no way that you're going to save that 17 seconds and potentially cost the team and yourself a lot more time with the more damage you cause. I mean, it's hard to judge just how fast you can go. Oh, it's on uh, the rim. He's lost all lost the rubber. The which is great. You, you know, perfect. Apart from, do the, that. Yeah, apart from the damage he's done to the rear three quarters. Yeah, apart from that, that's, that's caused that. There's a lot of damage in that rear end. Of course, a lot of that behind the uh, the rear wheel is just superficial. It's just it's just bumper. It's just wheel arch. Get rid of it, you know. A bit of I think we're going to see a bit of tank tape here. I think there's going to be a bit of top tank tape action. Tape action coming right now. The 923 has made it back to the pits. Pulls in onto the apron. Stopped by the uh, crew chief. Car goes up on its jacks or not. Don't know whether the team was having its lunch there because they're seemingly not prepared for that car whatsoever. We brought a wheel out. No one's got the air to get the car up. Well, yeah. Finally, the air goes in to Finally. get the car up. Driver comes out. There is the uh, wheel with just what's left of the tyre, which is basically the sidewalls of the tyre. 
the, the, the carcass, the, the tread part of the tyres completely come, up, come away. Uh, nothing under that wheel arch seems to be a problem. And that has taken the team by surprise. The Fagenzi team obviously having they, lunch. Are they not watching the pictures? Obviously having their lunch. Yeah. They're Italian. Um, well, they've kind of put a new driver in, sort of half shut the door. There's a kind of a very, a, a severe lack of urgency, I'd say, about sorting that problem out, which is going to cost, may cost them in the wrong run because uh, Stefano Monaco has gone past and is now eking out a lead in this battle for second place overall in the 901 class. And this is a very, the 901 class is a very competitive class. We've had several cars, most of them the Italian Porsche Cup, so they must know each other. There must be some personal vendettas within that, that group of guys. But uh, Monaco has picked up the second one in that 9-1-1 race. One of the other Porsches also painted in gold and black is the 7 car from Dynamic Motorsport. That is their GT3 Pro entry. Mauro Calamir shares the car, of course, with Matteo Malicelli. And they are a minute now behind Elia Earhart in the car collection motorsport in GTM. Obviously not in the same class. This is an overall podium, so it's down to a minute now that Mauro Calamir has to make up in an hour and 47 minutes of running. So quite doable. Second a lap, two seconds a lap will do it. Last time round, he gained the grand total of one second and one hundredth of a second. Like we said, Nick, we may be coming into the final two hours and we may have been lulled into a sense of security and the, uh, the, the, the positions that we see on our timing screens now are going to remain the same for the final two hours. But as ever in endurance racing, that never seems to be the case, does it? And already, you know, just after we say, we say that, there we have a problem, a puncture that we've seen pretty much from the outset of this race, potential of punctures. And again, it comes down to where you're putting the car, where are you placing the car with regards to the curbs and the off track and picking up bits of sharp edges of curbing or stones or whatever. I think we visually identified because of this being a large egg wheel in this chicane, there's a lot of pressure being put on the rear left. And we were feeling very smug with ourselves when in the first hour and a half we had two rear left punctures going, oh, we've been proven right. But in fairness, that's the first one since then. It is, yeah. So there we are. We had, uh, so that's what another eight hours later we picked up another one. Um, there have been many other uh, trips, falls, accidents and incidents, but not just the unexplained left deflation. So, you know, it may just be a, it's just a, a bit of bad luck, but it may more likely be that there's a sharp curve somewhere that people are taking just slightly the wrong angle every now and again, and it catches the car and, and deflates the tyre. Yeah, and that's why we've seen some very regular inspections of the track conditions and especially around the curbing of the chicanes. It's, I suppose, Nick, you could say that the, the lap time that you acquire here at Enipagusa is all down to how you get through those chicanes, which is basically what this track's all about. It's just a blast round a lake um, and the track that you go around, the track, the, the, the peripheral track around the lake is punctuated by several left, right, right, left chicanes. I was wondering whether there's more chicanes on this track than any other track. Normally, most tracks have a maximum of two, don't they? One or two, just Monza because they just, just because they want to slow it down. Monza has three. Yeah, they've got. Well, this here is one, two, three, four, four. You call it five. They're, they're naming five. There's some of the ones are double. I say there's six. Yeah. yeah, it's a good question. That's another one for the collective. Um, which track has more chicanes than any? We are counting as six. So you find somewhere with more than six. Yeah, I can't think of any off the top of my head. 
because usually it's just, I mean, Imola was a track that had uh, two. Imola's uh, taken one away. More, Imola took yeah, away the self-finish one. Yeah, the Aqua Minerale one. Oh, no, the, no, no, the one no, that's still finished. No, but yeah. one just coming After off. After Barrichello's accident. Yeah, they took away that one, so that's not that. So they've, they've actually got, they had, they peaked, they've gone back one. And they took one away from the Aqua Minerale as well. That's now just a left, a left, left. That used to be a chicane. Yes, it is. You're right. It's nasty, yeah. but you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's tricky. It's right. It's the off camber. It's right, right, isn't it? Downhill, right. Um, I forgot that chicane. Good point. Yeah. The top one's horrible. I hate that chicane. I hate that chicane. Yeah. So uh, chicane news. And uh, if you can't think of anywhere that has more, just tell us one that has lots. Because I'm, lots I'm struggling for more. You did both monster there because I, I was struggling to think of anything that has more than two. Very rarely attracts design with chicanes. They, they get added to slow bits That's of That's right, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, one of the first chicanes that was perhaps I became aware of was the woodcut chicane. Oh, yes. Having seen, you know, that was a... How many years does that, that win? Oh, I remember. Oh, it's got to be... It's got Could to be... Could be that the redesign that gave us bridge? So back in the... Yeah, no, no, no. We, we, had, a, we had a run down from Abbey that went left-right. Yes. Um, for a few years. Yeah, then under bridge. No, no, no. Before we Before that? Oh, oh yeah, 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 okay. Before that. Because the track went straight from Abbey, straight down to Woodcut Corner. Then uh, we put that little nanji little... The thing you have to remember is, it's a very important thing about me, is all through the... <laughs> important about you. All through the 70s and the 80s. So to, from about 1976, when I first went to the British Grand Prix, to the, about 1990, Silverstone was the enemy. Because I was Brands Hatch Boy. And we ah, got it every right. other year. And I right. never went to Silverstone because it was too far to live in Kent. So cool. I, I, everything about Silverstone was evil and bad as far as I was concerned. It stopped Brands Hatch having the Grand Prix. Even though we got more Grand Prix than Brands Hatch because we had the two European races. I lived further away than you and I went to both. Yes, but I'm middle class. It was like a holiday though. <laughs> yeah. A holiday for You me. went in your camper van, yeah, yeah. took the whippet. Yes, took the whippet and the black pudding. <laughs> what else? Oh yeah, and the club. The club no, genuinely, genuinely like, it, was like, it was like you and Newcastle United in Sunderland. Silverstone was like, you know, oh, the devil. The devil of a track. Really? Is that how you yeah. really felt? Oh yeah. Stealing our races. Some flat old airfield. Not a decent hill on it. Oh, this is a good one from Trusses. Go on. The first chicane has to be at Brooklyn's in the 1920s. He's doing that one, isn't he? Yes, <laughs> I think you're right. And didn't they? They used to change the chicanes round, change the track configuration of Brooklyn's uh, by by moving the uh, the old oil barrels and the straw bales. Uh, Porsche Sport on uh, the YouTube chat says Zolder. I don't know Zolder very well. Has he got a lot of chicanes? Uh, Zolder has. Yeah, yeah. Zolder has um, has put a couple of new chicanes in. It's got. One before, as you come on the start from the straight, then you go around, right, right, and then back on the back straight, and then one before where the section of track where Gilles Villeneuve was killed. They put one in there, and then another one before, you, yeah, so about four, I think. Problems for McLaren in the pit lane. That's Moras by Kip Bichur, the Maximilian Luke and Lisette Brahms driven car. That's come into the pits, and unfortunately, ah. they've taken the engine cover off, and they're having a look. They're not taking the pits. There's some pointing down. Very brave engineer there with bare hands reaching the back of a mid-engine car. Yeah, he's not in the engine area, though. He's no, back he's towards the back of the... He's more the, exhausted the by that, because he's, he's gone past the... Uh, it might be gearbox. That's, uh, that's more towards where the gearbox is, uh, is housed. It's something that's... Gearbox actuation? Attaching to the, uh, to the gearbox. Um, we need a McLaren expert here, don't we? Um, but anyway, the, 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 the fact is, <laughs> uh, Nick... The car, which is down in 17th spot overall, currently um, third. Uh, it's currently in a podium position in 
GT4, would you believe? And that car has had um, an absolute list of issues. Uh, Maxi Brahms is in the car at the moment. Uh, but that car has been recovering from very, very early Lost on in this race. Lost an hour early on. Lost a lot of time. Early on. Um, having a good old peer in the back of the machine. My, my guess is that it's probably a gear selection problem to look that far back on the gearbox. But it could just be, as you say, something not mounting right or just causing temperature problems. But more problems with Las Morales. Yeah, so we keep an eye on how long that car remains in the pits. It's, at, it's not. It's it's in a podium position in GT4, of course, uh, because there is only three cars in GT4. Uh, so that's worth. Still counts. It's still absolutely. You're going to beat your turns yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Nick. I'm not going to. I'm not uh, critiquing that whatsoever. What I was about to say is, there's every reason if we've got the spare parts to repair that car and get it back out. We've still got uh, an hour and 40 minutes or 100 minutes of this race remaining. And they have done. Of course they have. They've put it Fritz. on, they've had a look, and they've stuck nothing. I think it's creeping past the penalty box, which is always a good sign. Keep for sure is the team behind the Las Boras by a Keep for sure. So I would, I would think from that title, it's the for sure team that are underneath that running the car. Um, very experienced. They were they were around Clear Cup in the uh, in Europe when, when I was uh, doing the UK Clear, Clear Cup and a very, oh. very strong team. Uh, the McLaren's back out on an outlap. Luke, Luke Brahms now at the wheel on his outlap. Just, just building up. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah, let those, let those other three cars go find it. But one of the nice things now is because of the reduction in cars ro rolling, at the moment there's only 17 cars going. I think there's 16 cars actually running at the moment because the others are in the pits. You can find a bit of space now to have a bit of a breath and think about it, which does help sometimes. But you've, certainly when you've a car back in from the pit is it all right can i know you've got a bit of space to bit of a waggle yeah, make absolutely. sure it's all yeah. right yeah yeah um ian mccarthy the obvious uh, thanks ian uh, Le Mans, five chicanes oh well admittedly obviously not in, th in eight miles rather than three and yeah. possibly if you count the nurburgring there's even more but i don't know actually aren't there any chicanes in there but the aren't they there's one on the grand prix really. strecker so um, the ford chicane right and the first and second chicane and the dunlop chicane actually have the word chicane in their title <laughs> so you got a double so you got a bigger i'm sure there are five yeah it's the four chicane which is two chicanes it's two is it, yeah. is one. Oh, that's it then however we have six here so we're still winning yeah enna is still winning yes and enna's less just over three miles not eight and a half but no it's a very good call i hadn't even thought of that Ga oh, what, what's that track in Le Mans? Nope, no idea. Never. Heard it. Oh, unfortunately, I don't think um, Luke's up to speed. Gareth Howell concurs with you, uh, Nick, and uh, Silverstone has worked as a devil in Essex, lad. Of Thank you very much. Try travelling north of Watford, lads. Watford Gap. Watford Gap, is it? Yes. Right. Which is only right. Northampton, to be honest. But you yeah. know. <laughs> try, try. Well, yeah. Back on board with the 88, that's a fantastic engine noise you can hear on the soundtrack. It's Elia Earhart, who's done an awful lot of miles. So he, he sees me in the car a huge amount, Elia, in the car collection motorsport Audi. Not the gorgeous blue and white we are used for the Hannes Dr. Kirchhoff car, but one of the other the stable of car collection motorsport Audi A3s. And, uh, A3s, that'd be fun. Audi <laughs> R8s. Uh, in third, not massively in third, to be honest, because Mauro... Calamia has a chance, but obviously that would be, it's in third in the track, but second in class, and it is currently just about a lap ahead of Maro Calamia, who would take third overall, but in a different class, and unfortunately back in the pits Same has lap come times. Luke Brown. Same lap times, Nick, uh, I noticed in those cars, the uh, third and fourth cars. That Audi has got two very fast drivers 
and two other drivers. Who are faster? It's got Pierre Kaffer. Pierre Kaffer. This yeah. Elia guy is quick. Yeah. Um, and then the other two drivers who are, give me the car number... 88. 88, that's in the second page, obviously, is what it is. It's Michael Doppelmeyer. Michael Doppelmeyer and Hendrick still. I've not seen... I saw Hendrick in yesterday. He's okay. Michael's a little bit more gentlemanly. Right, okay. But he's done an hour today already. Yeah, there's and the... Uh, keep the sure go back into the pits. Yeah. Push the their wheel back in again. So they, they, they fixed it, or they attempted a fix. They ran a lap. Nah, not working. Put it back in the pits again. Yeah, he's gone. Luke Brahms going straight out, comes straight back in and that McLaren. So that problem uh, hasn't gone away can, at all. Can I just say, for any of you who are OCD, you want to look at the timing screen now because we have everyone in order. We have the running cars as the first 15, the cars being served to the pits as the next five, and the cars that retired as the bottom three. It's all perfectly in order. Yes, we've got none of the uh, the cars that are, uh, are up in the... No, there's a Porsche running slowly. Topper echelons. What number is that? It's been overtaken by... It's one of the 911 Cup cars. Um, unfortunately, it's going away from us, and there's no way of indicating... I know it's not a Donate Motorsport car, because it's not silver and black. I guess it's going to come back oh, into... No, it's the 916 again, unfortunately. And that's the leading. That's the leading 991 car. Running that's slowly. Tempo SRL leading car in the 991 class. Running very slowly, like we said, Nick. He's got a one-lap lead, that's all. He's only got a one-lap lead, and this is exactly what I said. It might be a one-lap lead, but it doesn't take... Any, is amount, he any tire? amount of trying is to he lose down? that. No, it's not a tyre. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's a left rear. I think it's a... No, it's not. No, it's not. I'll tell you what, though. It looked at a slightly odd angle, but I'm not quite sure. I think some of these you get a little optical illusion when you're looking from the car from underneath. And there's a little bit of banking on this car track, isn't it? It's a tiny bit banked around those around the uh, the corners. Not like a, you know, a, a NASCAR bank. It's like a couple of one or two degrees. Also, more of a... Uh, He's just done his best lap as well. He's just literally his last lap was his uh, was a green lap. So Davide de Benedicto, having put in that car's fastest lap of today's race, um, has now got a problem. Well spotted Natasha there. So when he comes in, is this going to be something simple? Is it a control or delete? Is it the fact that he's got a tire that's, that's going down? It's got a tire pressure warning, perhaps, rather well, than completely lost. I think not, Nick. I think not. If he's just put an optimum lap in, and then maybe, you know, something's broke on the car because by getting that optimum lap, he's had a club or a curve or something, you know, in straight line of chicane. Who's to say it? Let's wait and see what happens when we get to the pit garage and we see what area of the car that, uh, we see what area of the car that they have that problem with. I have a problem with that car, I should say. See what where it is <laughs> that they go. But uh, like I said, Nick, it's all about this final 94 minutes. This is where the script writers are being evil, no doubt about it. We saw it yesterday, and I think we're going to see that today. I think you get used to when you're doing some of these larger endurance races, be it Spa or more importantly at um, uh, Le Mans or. Nurburgring, being a lap down is a massive amount to be down. A lap down at uh, Le Mans is four minutes near. A lap down at Nurburgring is a fortnight and a half. Yes. Here, a lap down is, you know, a, 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 yeah, a little, a, a slight kerfuffle in the gravel, a, a requirement for a new tyre. It is the rear left that's come straight off that car, the 916. And, oh no, it's going to go for the, they're going to put the block on so it can't come off the air jack. So there's some work they feel they're they can gonna, do in situ on that left hand rear. They're going to crawl underneath it if they put that in. 
Yeah. That's the the jack. The, the, oh, the, the, is that, the is that oil dripping? From, is that a little bit of oil we can see? The problem is there's oil on the ground there. That has that dripped out from the 916 or from a previous car? Could be a drive shaft in that area. I think. Do you know what? We've, we've seen that already with the sound of Anderslush machine. Strangely, Nick, they're not pulling that car I into the garage to do the garage did a drive shaft. They're going to do it on the apron. But is it brakes or what? What is it? Don't know. We're going to have to wait for that. Just to remind everybody what, what we're talking about here, it's the 916 Tempo RSL, sorry, Tempo SRL Porsche that was leading the 901 class. That's now relinquished that lead to the 907 car that has gone into the lead of 991. It's currently seventh overall. That's the nine. Uh, that's the Stefano Monaco Dynamic Motorsport Porsche taking that lead. He's also lost an overall place to the leading TCR TCE race leader. That's the uh, Oberama Motorsport by Wolf Volkswagen Golf. That moves up into eighth. And while this car remains on the pit apron, it is losing overall places as well as class places. Now, the next car on the list is only a further lap down, and that's the Fulgenzi Racing car, car 923. That's already had a problem. And that car back out and in the running and about to take that second spot. Ah, now the 58 car we have just seen um, take a what's the word for it? Uh, unorthodox methodology of getting past the 112 Autoramo by Wolf Motorsport car. The car that's leading TCR, he effectively put three well three quarters of his car on the dirt and just swept up the inside. Um, it must have felt there was grip fine. Car looked like it was going through a bucking Bronco situation, but uh, apart from pulling up uh, four and a half tons of dirt, got away. The front of the car now looks more like a cattle grid than anything else. It's scraped up half the grass in Sicily. Mayo leads cooling condition, mainly the cooling problem, but probably it's got enough air in that massive wide mouth frog front of the 2020 uh, Mercedes GT3 Evo. Be interested to see what's going on with the 916 car again in the pitch, just get an idea of what that problem was on the rear left. Well, information coming from the track, Nick, that the 916 has clobbered the curb very, very hard. You know what? I think I might be right. That that fastest lap time for that car, he's excessively used the curb, the straight line of chicane-ish, and in so doing, has damaged the car. That would be my that would be my presumption. That in my business is my called the My feeling is, do you think, therefore, he's done a drive shaft by doing it? Well have done because that, yes. They, they, the only mitigation against that is they didn't put it straight in the garage. Which I'm in the pit box. You know, I'm surprised they haven't done that. But we have seen, yeah, we, we do know that drive shafts on, on, on Porsche cars can be, let's be generous, a, a weak link sometimes. You're right, mate. It's a drive shaft. Drive shaft just appearing on pit apron there for that 916. Just being placed, got two crew members. It's not exactly the safest place to, uh, to work on a car, and that's why we usually see these cars being swivelled around just, and pushed back into the we've garage. Not, we're not there. We've not had a chance to look into the pits at uh, they do Targa Foria. It, 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 it might be a, a case where they, they, they haven't got as much. And let's just point this out. This is the 916 car. The 917 and the 918 cars are also in the pits as well. So whilst they, and they may well be whilst they're different teams, they might be sharing pits with those guys. Um, That's a good point, actually. The 917 is still in the pits, so that is probably going to be... Um, that's probably going to be a very tight garage there. Uh, Tim Gray telling me. Helping us once again to tell us <laughs> really usefully. Really, thanks, Tim. Give, give that super go useful on. news from Shall Tim. I? Yeah, go I, on. Tim informs me that the garages have been recently repainted. They haven't been painted with miracle paint that makes them bigger, though, have they? No. Uh, oh. uh, and another uh, attempt to get going by the last Moras Ekip for sure car. Um, he's been able to. I'm not quite sure where they have, where they haven't managed to fix it because they've been. 
hit by a massive amount of traffic they're trying not to annoy as they go through the top of the hat of the circuit. He's got a chance to get a bit of a clear run. May be able to uh, bring her up to uh, racing speed, the McLaren GT4. It's not looking too good. He's just been passed by the Pro Sport, the fellow GT4, the uh, Aston Martin. So this is like another attempt for the 409 uh, Las Moraz equipped for sure machine to get just see if they fix the problem. He's doing exactly what he did before, Nick. He's took the car out. He's just having a very slow lap to whatever the problem is. I'm, I'm looking at where they were looking. Uh, you know, is that the side of the gearbox on this McLaren is, is where it? the gear actuator I'm is? Just wondering, are they? There's two things. Are they stuck in there's gear? Two problems. They're not getting a high enough gear, or the thing's not clearing its throat and revving. So there's two mm. problems. It's in a kind of either in a semi-limpo mode, and the control it's not working, or as you say, they can't hit fifth or sixth. Yeah, maybe we'll see. But uh, that car was already well out of contention, wasn't it? Um, uh, back to the 916 for an update. The car still in the pits. Davide De Benedicto now getting out of the car, I would think. Um, we're getting to the part of the race, Nick, where we're getting into the final pit stops. And it'll all depend on the driver that is going to go into the car on these final pit stops, yeah. having had enough rest time. If you're thinking about, you know, using one of your hot shots. Now, looking at this, uh, the driver lineup, I think the two leading cars are not going to have that dilemma. Jordan Groger is invariably going to be replaced by Matthew Jaminier, who's uh, well rested, having been two drivers back uh, since he was in the car. Charles Putman, uh, he's in the same boat as well. I think Charles took over that car. No, Matthew Jaminier did take over. was the last person in before Jordan. So they're to wait oh, really? Just did Matthew take over from uh, Fred. Frederick? Yeah. Ah, right. So, yeah, he will need... Jordan will need to run at least an hour... Uh, and due to the fact that he ran a quite bit at the start of it in code 60, he's already not far off that hour. Let me just check. The turns exactly where he's stood length. Is, uh, and it's a bit less because of all the pit, the pit visits during code 60. So he's run 45 minutes and 18 seconds. So he needs to run to the hour. And if he runs to the hour, he will then be able to hand over to Matthew Chaminade to take it to the end. But he's got another 20 minutes to run. And the reason he has to run an hour is not anything to do with him, but everything to do with Matthew Jaminet not being allowed to take over the car. And he's had a nice sit down, a cup of tea, a biscuit, and an hour to think about life. He probably would have had a pan of chocolate, being French. Do you think so? Yeah, this time probably. of day? Yeah, afternoon pan of chocolate. I thought you had perhaps a, a pommes frites, a steak, a steak and, a, and a nice glass of red wine. A bit early though, isn't it? Afternoon time. Very English thing. Tea and cake. French, French steak and pommes frites, steak and chips. No, no, I'm dominating that. I'm saying very English thing to do is steak, uh, tea and afternoon tea. He only did a tea and a biscuit. Cup of tea and a biscuit is where you get off giving blood. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Luke Brahms has gone past the pits in that ailing McLaren. Yeah. Yes, it was, and it wasn't going any faster. He went past. No, it wasn't. He was very, very slow uh, in comparison to the rest of the field. He might be in conversation with his team, and they're saying, "Okay, Luke, try this. Now try that. Now try that." And just going through a selection of uh, of modes within the car. Still on the comeback drive, it's Heng Diong in the 19 MP Motorsport car, the car that has led briefly, has been second for a large amount of time, but had many problems in the first hour of this second part of the race, and has dropped down to fifth overall and. Uh, third in class, but to get to second in class, just needs to find seven laps. Work still continuing on the 916, still on the pit apron, because basically there isn't any room in the pit garage because the, the sister car a, is in a there. A good team, 
uh, can do a basic drive shaft change in about 15 minutes, can't they? I think so. It's about 15, 16 minutes we've seen these done. I think that's one done in 12, actually, um, by, the, by, the, the, by the Porsche teams. And it's a, it, oddly, it's a relatively easy thing to do in the Porsche. It's not particularly complex. It's good, it's good access under the car. As you can see, they drop the rear wishbone to enable to, to waggle out the, uh, the upright. They pull out the uh, self-contained drive shaft out. They haven't got to do anything else. They've got to unscrew it. They have it's bolted on, isn't it? Yeah, bolted on. Under, it comes out. Both ends of self-contained and oil. Just plug in the spline, put it back in and get it go. It is a simple... In fairness, it is a job that you or I could do. Not in 15 minutes. It's nuts and bolts. Yeah, there was I no... I in 15 minutes. With a, with a friend. I've done one... I've done... I've, I've helped with Carrera Cups before. Carrera Cups before. But it's, a, it's, not, it's, not, it's a job of, of knowledge and having the right size span. Yeah, absolutely. It? Once you, you know how to do it, you know, you, you speed up and speed up and speed up. And that, and and that obviously is the difference, isn't it, from, from racing now and racing 30 years ago. 30 years, everything was bolt on, bolt off. You took something off and put something on, you just bolt something on. Now, it's the brain can be the problem. Oh, yeah, the man who plugs in the laptop is all the issues. That, that McLaren looks like very much. Your gearbox kind of actuator issue. was yes. a, a, rod a rod connected to a, a, a shorter rod with a ball on top of which you had in your hand and you moved in various angles which then was replicated in different formats at the back of the selected mechanism which was all mechanical. God forbid if we were any springs and cables <laughs> in there which had to be tensioned. And of course and when you and when you were in a hurry pinged all over the garage floor and you couldn't find did. them. Yeah you forgot which where the cables went. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I realise that motorsport is safer, better, faster, more efficient and everything else, but I, I do love nuts and bolts engineering. I love a good hammer. <laughs> you know. I, I totally agree. When you lift the bonnet of, uh, of any of these race cars now, the, the management unit, you know, is, an, is a basically, we need a laptop. And how many times do you, do you uh, the, the value of a historic race car can absolutely plummet if there's no laptop that can <laughs> fire the thing up. Um, we've still got that work going on then on the 916 and the team uh, beginning to get to grips with the new drive shaft being popped into place. Uh, we see suspension bits being loosened off to allow access into that rear hub. That, it's, been a... uh, it's, uh, it's been a bit awkward though. He's, he's struggling to get it in the diff. I don't think he can get the angle straight enough to get it into the diff. Um, ideally, you might want to remove that rear hub so you can get a more direct angle to it. There's the mangled drive shaft coming off the car. Yeah, that's been caused Ooh, by... That's, that's massive metal fatigue. He's snapped off. That's not how it normally breaks, where you snap that. Well, it snapped at the UG, hasn't it? It snapped at the actual joint. It hasn't snapped. It's oh, no, it's, 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 it's taken out the, yeah, the ring, which is taken out the balls, yeah. It's fallen apart. <laughs> it's absolutely fallen apart. It's, it's had a worse day in those tyres. <laughs> it's fallen apart at the diff end. Yes. Not at, the, not at the wheel hub end. That's only when you get a sideways impact. It depends on where the, the angle yeah. of the drive shaft. Basically, Which is what happens is the wheel goes up too far and the acute angle of the drive shaft uh, becomes too acute and it basically breaks the, the joint. My question for you then, obviously that's been caused by going over the curbs too much, but does that mean they should have had a bump rubber in to prevent that movement? Probably. Probably. And perhaps or they didn't have it in because they, they, did, they, maybe, they didn't want to leave Maybe the it's not in the design of that rear suspension. It is a, it is a Porsche Cup. You can always put a bump rubber in anything. These cars are raced around the world. Bump rubbers are... Just to restrict the movement. Yeah, I mean that's that's not difficult. You just stick a, a big bit of rubber on the inside of the shock absorber and you get a free bump rubber. I'm not you, sure it's tactical enough or anything. You know what, Nick? The, the, 
we'll be fine when we come back next year if we come back next year fingers crossed i'd love to visit this track it's got so much history about the area and the and the place who's to say that that wouldn't be one of the modifications that you I put mean, in your notebook for that's, uh, things to remember for next year let's be honest porsche will yeah 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 but that's a really easy point you've made there the cause it, yeah when you are riding a curb very heavy and perhaps the car also the weight distribution particularly wrong you get an extra shock you run out of movement which normally would just put the, the, the shock through the, the top end of the shock tower. It, it's a very good point. If you're then also on the power at an acute angle, that yeah. is when you're going to do some damage to the, to the drive shafts because they're, they're, they're operating at an angle where therefore you limit the amount of surface area that's, that's transmitting the power. And that's, the, I'm sorry, I haven't got a torque rating 400 pounds a foot on this tiny bit of metal. It's gone. It, it, it's somewhere, it, it, it might not just be one instance as yeah. well. It could be, a, you know, time and time and time yeah, yeah. and time again. For instance, you know, British touring cars, uh, when they go to Knock Hill, or any car really, whatever, whatever car, Formula Renault, you know, from my experience, Clio Cup, Formula Renault, Minis, anything, you rebuild the car when you get back from Knock Hill, because to get around Knock Hill in a competitive time, you have to muller the kerbs. And in mullering the kerbs, albeit in a sprint race, not I only need the car to last, you know, two, three, 15 lap races. Great, you know, we re completely renew everything. Suspension joints, drive shafts, the lock, everything gets changed after, after one race meeting at Knockhill. It's the same here, I would imagine. The locals will know that the kerbs not to hit, which kerbs you can hit, and how much of the car you have to then reservice when you've been here and raced. It's the sort of thing you accrue just from you yeah. know, experience. There's the 917 out. Hooray. It's made room in the garage for the 916. Uh, the they're taking a massive risk. They put Sandra van der Schloss back in it. Well, she hasn't really had much running <laughs> yeah. each time. Just to make it quite clear, I'm not saying anything about Sandra and her driving, but she's been the person who's just been at the wheel when everything's broken previously. I think so, yeah. yeah. I think it's been really bad luck. The McLaren back in. still has that piece of elastic. He's back in. He's bypassed the fueling area, going straight to the pit garage. 409 the McLaren that's been on a bit of a recovery after problems problems continuing from yesterday into today so it's on it's, a recovery now it's had a relapse it's had a massive relapse hasn't it and that uh, wheel uh, that drive shaft on the 916 the sister car of the uh, it's not actually the sister car it's the Tempo RSL car SRL car that we're talking about we've been thinking that it's sharing the garage with the uh, Fulgensi racing uh, car just because of the numbering of the car of course it isn't uh, so I still don't know why they haven't put that car in the garage. Uh, perhaps it's like the sun. A few bit short of vitamin D. Yeah. A, a, a bit of a lie in the sun. So we are now one hour and 18 minutes. So 78 minutes to go. Um, we are, any driver who comes in now can take over and run to the end. We are not yet within the final fuel stop window. No car can run more than about an hour and five. Was it the Porsche was getting an hour and eight? So... No one can yet do their final splash and well, splash, final glug and drive at the Copa Fiorio 2020. And I think we'd all say, let's hope we come back for 2021 as the 58 car, the MP Motorsport Mercedes had kind of an eventful two sections, six hours. It's seen the heights of being at the front, the lows of being off the track and everything in between. And behind it is the Red Camel's Jordan car, which had a very eventful 12 hours. The heights are being at the front, the lows being off the track and everything in between. So there's a lot of stories. I mean, as, as you say, Joe, in your, in your very heavily, highly respected, highly respected, highly respected selection of articles on the Creventic website, <laughs> there really is a soap opera behind every garage door, there isn't really there? There really is, absolutely. And uh, there, there wasn't, 
there was good reason, having been behind the many garage doors, uh, the soap operas that are going on, it's not just about the nuts and bolts of the thing, but it's all about the, uh, the personalities, the, the dynamic between your staff, the crew, what's going on, you know, all of their, you know, what's going on in their families even, you know, that can have an effect on how a team operates and, uh, and the dynamic between your crew members they've got to be, you've got to be a team it's like it's like running a football team you know if he won't pass to him and oh, I'm not passing to him because I don't like him it's not going to work you know you've got to work as a team and, uh, and that that was one aspect of uh, of this sport that I absolutely love you know, it's all about it's all about the atmosphere of uh, and it's all about in endurance racing especially it's all about how you deal with those advert the, the issues of adversity that are thrown at you and it's how the team operates under pressure when something like that happens. And I had, I had a saying to, to the lads that used to work for me over the years. I used to say, we don't panic in this team. If your head's on fire, I want no screaming and whinging. I just want you to say and suggest, that's the fire extinguisher. No headless chicken in this place. It's all about calm efficiency. Does it work? Uh, absolutely. And then yeah, you yeah. put on time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, won a couple of races, so I had credibility after that. See, I told you so. Do it my way, we'll win. It was nothing whatsoever to do with me. Hey, it doesn't matter. It's all about the the impression. Running fast at the front, as it has been for well, near the front for the most of the race, it's the 88. It's the car collection Audi R8, but they are now coming under increasing pressure for third overall. Nothing to do with class, just for third overall from the Mario. Calamia driven Donate Motorsport Porsche 911. So Audi from Porsche, but uh, who are just one minute and two seconds behind. So that's two thirds of a lap with an hour and a quarter to go and a driver change and a full fuel stop. So that right, that will run and run. And if those cars carry on going, it's going to be interesting to see if Dynamic, the number seven Porsche, can take the third overall and get the last step on the podium. Still at the front, there's another two laps between third and second. CP Racing, Charles Putnam doing pretty good racing uh, lap times down to 39 so much quicker than he was yesterday so the struggle either with the car or the track during his or the track was struggling should I say during his time but Jordan Grove of GPX racing just stroking the thing away he's just about coming up to doing his hour stint which will release Matthew Chaminade to take it to the end my guess is they're so far ahead they'll run a little bit longer trying to get down so that Matthew just needs to do, uh, do the single fuel stop and take it to the end Absolutely. Uh, tweets coming in. Uh, I, I just want to say to uh, Kirk, who is at Bakuda 68 and Vicky Heatherwood, uh, guys, you've made me laugh. And I can't really repeat what the what is the it kind of. It's a bit of an innuendo. We never had one of those on the no, no, radio no, no, show no, no, limited. No, no. Grief, innuendo. Well done, guys. Well done. Keep up the good work. Um, yeah, we're getting towards um, that part of the race, Nick, where we speculate until the cows come home. Um, I'm wondering who the final drivers would be. Um, I'm going to guess that uh, we've, had enough, we've now had enough time to put Jaminet back in the car, having yep. had him rest. Not yet, he's got another minute to go before he can get in the another car. Another what, sorry? minute and 30 seconds before oh, he well, the car. Yeah, yeah he's going to be fine. Um, it, we're going to see, um, I'm going to see Espenlaub in the 85. I may be wrong, maybe Shane Lewis. Yeah, Shane Lewis. We haven't seen Shane today, have we? Uh, back in the pits is the 917 uh, with uh, Sandra van der Schluis. Uh, there doesn't appear to be anything uh, physically wrong with the car, but it looks like it's got a, a mechanical issue again. More having a look at the rear left. 
satisfied themselves that's okay we'll put it back on again but there's a mechanic let me prod her out at the uh, instrument cluster which normally means they're having a little bit of a control or delete electronics problem they're it pretty happy they've managed to do that it may have turned into a track here yeah. it may have turned into a let's just go out and do some laps uh, because they've been out of contention for some time now and whether or not that's a problem um, on a positive note I have some an official uh, announcement to make that's been uh, ratified um, I can confirm that we will return to Enna Fantastic. in 2021 uh, it's been uh, confirmed for the 1st, 2nd and 3rd of October right hang on a minute I just need to sit that into my diary for dates I'm going yeah, to be away yeah, next I'm, year I'm available for <laughs> yeah. that everyone yeah well that's I mean that, that is uh, just Excellent news. More importantly, because you go to Sicily in October, which is fantastic. But given the fact that in these times we've got 23 cars going to a track no one knew about, my guess is, with an hour to go, this has been a rage of success, this event. We're going to have that full 40 car field if if the world is back to anything of semblance of normal. Yes, yes. Uh, fingers crossed that we are uh, back to relatively And a lot of people are, are going to say, right, um, we're going to. Um, Enepagusa, could you give me the tougher version of the drive shafts and the more sturdy suspension, please? And Nick Dimon mentioned bump stops, rubber stops, yes. Mm, right, okay. Up travel limitations, please. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, I must know it's great news. Um, all the more reason for Ole and, and Peter to get us our flat caps, isn't it, really? In a bag, which we can pick up at either Zandvoort or Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need, we need, I hope Peter's listening to this. Oh, so do Actually, I. It doesn't matter if he's listening or not, because he is going to be very busy now, getting towards the final hour of the of the uh, of the race. He's got As yeah. Where's our hats? Uh, GPX Racing well, has already just, just, confirmed just they will attend next year's race. But just just to paint the picture, we are obviously commentating remotely from the track because we have to because of COVID, otherwise we wouldn't be there. Both Joe and I are in are wearing the full Hancock outfit. We've both got our 24-hour series jackets on. We are both using our 24-hour series clipboards as well. We are. It is. It is. There is an innate loyalty to the series there we absolutely have. Absolutely is. Yeah, we are very professional, Nick. <laughs> I have even got my 24-hour series underpants on oh, and matching socks. You have. Yes. I'm slightly worried about what what makes them 24-hour underpants. As I've long as you can wear I've them. I've worn them for 24 hours. <laughs> But no, it's great. It's great that they've, they've got that part of the calendar right. There's some bits in the middle. I'm absolutely certain Barcelona and the uh, cooperative race with the Royal Mobile Club of Catalonia will be there as well for the Barcelona 24 hours. Um, and then they'll be able to pick and mix the other events either side of the already announced Dubai 24 hour and Abu Dhabi 6 hours. I think everything at this stage is, is, is relatively provisional, isn't it? It's, uh, but we've been given the go ahead to, uh, to announce that. So I, I have indeed. Thanks to the organisers for... Uh, allowing us to do that, getting a bit of an exclusive that we will be back at Enapagusa next year. And why not? Because, you know what, the island of Sicily, small island in the Mediterranean, who would have believed that, who would have thought that from, from the very, you know, from the very outset of the history of the automobile, the invention of the automobile, this, the island where we're racing today, is one of the places where competition automobile racing first started. But do you not think that it's an island thing? Where else is a famous place that started motorised racing and still does it? The Isle Man's of Man. Yeah, the Isle of Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Macau. You know, um, it's an offshoot island. But I think there's a kind of element where you're in an island, you can control your destiny of, of, the, of the roads, and you want them all shut for a motor race. 
it's a bit easier to shut the roads in Kent, isn't it? You want to shut the roads in the Isle of Man because no one, you know who's coming in and going out. You close, you have a, a fixed population, a fixed environment. Okay, right, we can close those roads because we know that no one's coming in. If they are, they're only coming in the ferry. There's 300 of them. We haven't suddenly got 4,000 holidaymakers deciding to come down because it's a nice day. Yeah, and I'm sure in the in the early days of the Targa Floria, there, there were a, a massive amount of tourists came to the island for that reason. And, the, you know, the, the, the island economy was assisted in, in, in a similar way. Obviously, that the Targa Floria became too dangerous. Prototype sports cars on the open road was basically the norm for the Targa Floria. Well, it's like Mini Mini, isn't it? But the, the great Italian road races were great Italian road races until cars cars became too fast, roads became the the the, the lives of drivers became too important, uh, and pedestrian safety became a number one consideration. All of which, whilst taking away the romance, was was very necessary, to be honest. The original Coppa Florio, which is the Florio Cup, I would uh, translating that, will be reproduced and presented next year. So we're actually creating. Oh, we build it. I think we're creating history here with the Creventic 24-inch series, and uh, we are we are um, re resurrecting uh, motorsport history uh, by resurrecting this as an event for the Coppa Florio. We're re reconstructing and reinventing the. Uh, uh, the actual Coppa Florio, and uh, they've given Enna a I focus for its redesign. I'm sure. Other, uh, I'm sure there'll be lots of Italian, um, you know, national curb designers. Yeah, and there'll be a lot of Italian national national events will obviously happen here in the next year or two. Um, you know, yeah, given great. the situation, but international racing wise, I mean, I don't, I, it's a it's a really interesting circuit. It looks totally disinteresting when you look at it as a as a plan design. Then you see it and you think this is a really interesting circuit, but it's unlike anything else. And, and unlike anything else, challenge instantly makes it, in my mind, a very interesting environment. Yeah, absolutely. You wow. would, uh, we, we all knew the challenge of Enna. It's been a, a very challenging venue for a lot of international motor racing for many, many years. We haven't raced here for, for about, did you say, since 2012? I think 2012 I was told yeah, the last so about race. Yeah, eight years, yeah. Um, and for various reasons that may, may be, but... Um, yeah, it's great to see the 24th series getting back. And with the reproduction of the Coppa Florio, the actual cup that we're going to race for, that kind of indicates to me that 2021, or, or indeed 2020, is maybe the start of a, a long reign of uh, a long list of races that we're going to be able to come back here annually and, you know, create a, continue, a continuation of the history. It's like, it's like a continuation of a classic car isn't it a, conti yeah. a continuation of, of, that, of, a, of a classic race the race has obviously always evolved every year as new cars came through yeah into the pits has come the first of our let's get to the end with our, our new driver and it's the uh, 19 MP motorsport car Hank Young's brought that in he's already gone through the fueling driver change and the only question will it be Gap Van Lagen or it will be Rick Broikers either can take place because Henrik's done his run who is it then oh, I'm going to say it's is it Rick? I'll let you say that. I, I, no. I, I need to do who's on last, I can't actually. see. I can't see properly. Um, um, we always do this, even when we're there in the pit in the pit lane, looking into the car. It could be either. There's been more than <laughs> that. He's been in for more than an hour. It, it, by rotation, it should be Rick, but that doesn't necessarily mean it will be. Right. So that's the first... I was about to say that the first of the, uh, of the leading cars into the pits then. The second of the leading cars in from second place... Charles Putman has put the CP racing car into the fueling area. So this will be the final stop for that car, currently leading the GT3 AM class and in second place overall. 
coming in with a lap and a bit lead over Eli Hart in the Audi, which is both behind him in class and behind him on the track. So that's between the battle of first and second in GT3 AM is separated by just under two laps. And the also in the between second and third overall. Second, third, and fourth getting closer. Still just a minute and ten seconds between Elia and Mauro Calamia. Dynamic Motorsport are going to have to hope that the driver who gets in in the Audi R8 is a little bit slower than Elia because at the moment they are finding themselves completely unable to make progress. We've had three different conversations in the last 20 minutes and that gap has stayed the same yeah. to the second. So we're lapping in exactly the same in this exactly the same lap times. And it's Yat Van Lager who's taken over the, the uh, MP car to take it out. Elliot Ihan is in as well. So the Car Collection Motorsport Audi R8 has come in from third. So second and third are both in. I'm told it's going to be Charles Espinlab. You uh, said that. I, That's your prediction. It was my prediction, but I've had information from a source that has got a source in at the team, at the track. So we'll see if the Double source... Double source. Special source. Yes. <laughs> yes. Joe's special source I, giving you the information. I've told the boys on Twitter to stop it. <laughs> I'm telling you now, <laughs> Mr. Dearman, to stop it. Um, so, so where were we? This point's where people are taking over. So yeah, Charles, well, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting to see if it's Charles Esmond Lieber who is in that car that will uh, verify and give my source credibility. Mara Kalamir will enjoy being scored third overall and second in GT Pro. He's just gone past the fueling Elia Earhart in the car collection motorsport Audi R8. So the last hour is seeing a, uh, a, a flurry of events. In fairness, you know, the second, third and fourth with an hour to go is... Whilst not on a knife edge, it's on absolutely on a half mistake edge, or absolutely. a puncture. It's, not, it's yeah. really, really close. It's not. It's not in the old. Oh, these four things have to happen. One thing has to happen, and it hasn't got to be that serious to change those positions right round. Yeah. Now the last race we did, Nick, was the Nurburgring 24 Hours, where one lap lead was a huge amount of time. A one lap lead here is 90 seconds, which you reminded us of. And uh, did you get a glimpse of who jumped in the, ne the 85 there? That's not out quite of yet. the fueling onto the pit apron. We'll find out in a very few seconds. Yeah. So the two main cars that were waiting for their final pit stops of this race, uh, the number 36 leading GPX racing Porsche and the Maro Calamia dynamic Porsche in third spot still due to come in. We've had pit stops from the Charles Putman number 85 and the number 88 Elia Earhart car collection car. That has dropped down to fourth, but that's just by dint of the pit stop. Field. Now, all of these cars have stopped in the last few minutes. The GC3 cars will need to do a splash to get to the end. They can't do an hour and five minutes on that's a tank. That's very true. So yeah. unless we get code 60, they will need a splash at the end. The question is, can Mario Calamia in the Porsche 911 in uh, third position, the car seven, stretch his run long enough to get to the back end of just one fuel fill. That's probably a lot. It's 13 minutes you've got to run to get to about 50, 52 minutes to go. Jordan Groger's still going around. Doesn't matter. He's seven laps ahead. So he just needs to not throw it off the track. And yeah. Go so, away about fuel or anything. So how, how many lap stints? We're talking 55 minutes for a full green 52, 55. Run. Oh, yeah. It's about 30 laps. Right. So we are going to need, I think, that there's nothing you can do right now. All you can do is come in, pit, and then... Shane Lewis has taken over the CP Racing. Right. Ah. Uh, probably because he didn't get to, get to drive his Astra. Yeah, Shane's been in the car, I'm told. Yeah, yes. Okay, so Shane's gone out there. Um, Henrik Steele has taken out the car collection motorsport cars, and those cars are within a lap of each other. 
So Trusses is telling us that one hour and five minutes is fine for a GT3. Is it? I wouldn't question Mr. No, Truswell. No, fine, that's what you said. I, I, I thought they were doing 55 minutes earlier. Perhaps it was... It got very good. It, must it be, gets confusing the, when it, there's code 60s. There's so many code 60s, yeah. it's confusing the runs early on. And we had chunks of code 60s with the we, curbing we, area. We've had uh, very regular... And, and also in the first half of the race, we had very regular little code 60s taking out. And very few times did we see anyone actually do a, a whole... Few, the only time I think it was probably from the start. And then I think that yeah, it just got kind of confused. But anyway, Paul says what it is. So this means these guys can get to the end. We haven't seen the TCR cars come in, the TCE cars come in, or the GT4 machines. The 911s also haven't begun their final stop, so they've got a very 911s. 911s haven't done their final stop, but they've got a heck of a long time not to worry about that. The fuel is not an issue with the, the Porsches. The Autoramas by Wolfpower Racing Car that has absolutely dominated TCR by stint of not stopping. And they are leading this by... I'm pretty certain it's going to be the same 14 laps as it was. 307. Yep, it's 14 laps. Oh, no, it's 15 laps now. Uh, to the AC Motorsport car. Red Camel's Jordan are 24 laps behind that car as well. So the 1, 2, 3 and TCR is going to take a major change. Especially given the fact that our leaders are 22 minutes ahead of Proxy. So they, 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 they only have to get to the last 22 minutes and they're still winning. They throw it into a spectacular ball in the last quarter of an hour. They'll still win the uh, class. TCR cars are good for 90-minute fuel stint, mm. aren't they? Yeah. So we're coming up to the top of the hour. So that gives us one hour of this race to go. It's the uh, the first, the more the modern version of the running of the Copper Florio, the 12 hours of Sicily, with Joe Bradley and Nick Damon coming to you on the RSL series of channels. Our final standings then. And we'll be giving you a look at the rundown shortly. I think it's the GT's turn to go first. I, I like it that they share it out. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I got that wrong. It's the TCE uh, battle that way. The TCE race that we're going to talk about. It's the uh, That uh, race is being led by the number 112, the Autorama Motorsport by Wolf Power Racing. It's in the TCR class and it's completed 307 laps. In second place... Um, we're looking like a 25-second deficit. I'm not sure if that's correct, actually, but we'll uh, we'll check that out on the uh, on the timing screens. It's the 188 numbered AC Motorsports uh, Audi, the Audi RS3 of James K, Ricky Coomber, and uh, Marcus Menden, the three drivers sharing that car. And then we have the uh, the, tr the troubled 101, the Red Camel Jordans Cooper. It's had a myriad of problems with suspension and other little bits and pieces. Evo and Luke Broikers. The father and son team driving that car and currently in the final podium position in both the TCE section of this race and the TCR class. The other two runners in TCE are retirements. So we'll move quickly on to our GT runners. And it is the it's the number 36 GPX Racing Porsche that leads 339 laps in the bag. Eight laps down from that is the uh, leading GT3 AM car, which is the 85 CP Racing Mercedes. Charles Putman, Charles Espenlaub, Joe Foster and Shane Lewis have shared that car. In third place is the number seven Dynamic Motorsport Porsche 911 GT3. And then in fourth spot, we've got the number 88 car collection Motorsport Audi. 
Fifth is the number 19 MP Motorsport. That car, uh, one of the main contenders now, but dropping down and not really being able to get back into contention for overall honours. Sixth spot, we see the 793 number Dynamic Motorsport uh, Lamborghini. And then behind them in seventh, it's the number 907 Dynamic Motorsport Porsche, which leads the 991 Cup class after problems with the previous leader. Uh, Fulgenzi Racing in the 923 is eighth and second in 991 Cup. That's the car that Jerome Bleaker Morland, Rizzuto Palazzo, was driving. Ninth spot, we've got the GT4 leader. That's the number 401 Pro Sport Racing, Aston Martin. And then we've got the third car running in the 991 Cup class, the 916 Tempo SRL Porsche in 10th. 11th is the number 50 MP Racing. Uh, that car uh, losing a lot of time and moving up the order there, kind of regaining where it should be. Twelfth uh, overall and second in GT4 is the team Aviasaur Grensport BMW car four five one, and then behind that is the uh, the the ailed the the ailing Los Moras by Equipe Versu McLaren. Still problems with that car in thirteenth spot overall. We're then into the retirements. The cars that are in the pit lane. It's the number ninety two Herbert Motorsport Porsche fourteenth overall nine one seven Fulgenzi Racing Porsche in the Cup class is in 15th spot overall. Dual Racing hasn't done much today as well. That car's been in the pits a long, long time. And then we've got the final classification in 17th spot overall is the Dynamic Motorsport Lamborghini 794 going out very, very early in the race and not taking the restart this morning. Uh, we're into the final hour. Indeed, we've got 55 minutes, 56 minutes remaining on the clock, Nick. And this is the hour where I usually say Anything can happen and probably will. And it's already started. Well, it hasn't already started. In one way, we have got our final leading car. It was our final leader stop. Pits. Let's start with English again. And now, <laughs> coming in the front, our leader has come in for their final pit stop. That's the order of the words as they should come out. Our leader has come in for his final pit stop. It's Jordan Groger who's bought the GPX racing car in for fuel. Pretty certain it's going to see Matthew Jaminet take that car to the end. In fact, he's even standing now, suited and booted in the pit lane, waiting to jump on board the GPX uh, Porsche, which so far for the 11 of the 12 hours of the Copper Florian, both set part of the section on both Saturday and Sunday, has run flawlessly. Uh, still waiting of course for Mario Calamir, who's actually now scored as third at the moment and just nine and a half seconds behind taking second overall from Shane Lewis in CP Racing. But the uh, Swiss team, and so the Swiss driver for the Italian team, owes us a pit stop. So, and then the question will be when he comes out of that pit stop, will he be ahead or behind of Henrik Still in the currently fourth placed Audi R8 LMS of Car Collection Motorsport? Those are the questions waiting to be answered. Can Yat van Lager make up nine laps in an hour? Well, the answer obviously is no without help. No, but he'll be out no. there trying to go as fast as possible in the MP Motorsport. And then we have a couple of Dynamic Motorsports. The Lamborghini Huracan Super Trofeo. Can the 793 with Armado Pampinisle facing the right direction for a whole hour? That'll be a first as far <laughs> as we know. And then Matteo Malicelli, can he get that uh, 991 car, which is now leading in 911 class after the problems for the Tempo SRL machine, which saw a drive-self change, which took them 27 minutes and 3 seconds. So... Over 12 minutes more than you and I could have done it in, Joe. Honestly. Yeah, they did well. <laughs> they did have a struggle, though. They, did, they weren't aligning that drive shaft to go into the diff part, getting the splines right. They but seem to struggle. They just need to get the hub out of the way. Sometimes, by, by trying to cut corners, you can cause yourself more Sometimes time. Sometimes that extra screw off and that screw on is worth Absolutely. the time of doing it. Absolutely right. What bolts it would have been. 
GPX Translate pit lane, Groger to pass over to Matthew Jaminet. But there are a number of battles out there which should still explode in this last hour. The only thing we know for sure is that the TCEX class was won as soon as they started by JR Motorsport, the BMW M392, <laughs> and as was the, the, the PX class, which was won by the Wolf of Avalon Formula, both of whom are no longer running. Wolf gallantly tried twice and ran about an hour and a half on Saturday and an hour today at Force Beam 4. We Let's believe gearbox problems scuppered them twice and unfortunately JR Motorsport stopped yesterday uh, about halfway through with large pieces of metal which should have been inside the drivetrain not being inside it anymore which from my knowledge is not always the best way of going motor racing I'm in line to become European champions of course and I hope I'm not seeing this too early because I've been I, I was aware of this but Stefan Tanner who is part of the uh, part of the Wolfsport uh, sorry, the Yotorama Motorsport by Wolf Power. He's part of that team. In fact, he is that team. And uh, he reminds me of this fact that if they do win the TCE race, they become European champions. And Miklas Born becomes the driver champion as well. Um, I'm allowed to say that because Stefan has tempted fate. I wouldn't <laughs> in any way have said any of that if Stefan hadn't prompted me. So if it's, it's not my fault, Stefan if things go wrong in the last We've started the final minutes. hour, Joe, and the cars have started falling off the final chicane. Of course they are. Because that's what they do. And it's the MP Motorsport Mercedes, so MP Racing Mercedes, the green machine that has done that now. He's just got it slightly wrong. I'm going to give him not the 10 out of 10 wrong we've seen from uh, from uh, Evo Broikers or the 5 out of 10 wrong we've seen for the Lamborghini. That was a 3 out of 10. Large amounts of smoke. Embarrassment on the camera there. For, oh, well, that was more Dustnik because yeah. he was he had oh yeah dusty left smoke. Yes, 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 good point. Yeah. yeah, it's obviously very sandy off the edges of the track because of the dry conditions. Mm. Even though we're you know we've got, we're we're on the around the edges of a lake, it's a, it's still very very dry climate down too there. Too dry for the it. frogs. That's why they're staying at home. Yeah, yeah, too dry for the frogs. Of course, mm. yes. That's why there's no chance of a plague here this weekend. <laughs> Well, the world's got to play. Uh, oh, that 58 car's having some problems because not only was he off the track, he's just skipped um, over the second part, so turn seven, the second part of the uh, Prosperina chicane. Now, I'm not sure whether that was just a driver misjudgment or a slight issue on, on braking, not being able to, to retard the car enough. Could just be he's having what's coming as a mare of a lap, of course. Um, we're still thinking about, but uh, still frustrated with himself about going off on corner one and then went off on corner seven. How many laps has he done as Thomas Gosnell? I've seen Thomas Gosnell in that car for some time now. Uh, um, 58 is an hour minutes. and four minutes he's been there. Or have I got oh, the wrong on, side there? No, on. it's an hour and four minutes, yeah. He's yeah, stint. an hour and four. So he may be getting to the end of these tyres then, maybe. Yep. So he's he's about to horse a lot, uh, a pit stop, isn't he? Is he going to come in? No, he's going around again, trying to get the final chicane right this time. You can see, I, I can see, I can see why it goes wrong if you aren't working properly. You've got a couple of areas where you're going quite, you're very much going to go quite, you're going very fast, but also putting in a huge amount of lateral load on the car, and you then take too much curb. It's just going to certainly the rear. These cars will often effectively turn themselves into great big heavy old pendulums to swing round. It's typical of a of a sharp change of direction whilst you're on the brakes as well because if you just trail the brake a little bit too much then the back end will come round and if you just get on the throttle a little bit too early that can always uh, bite you in the bottom as well. Um, TCE pit stops beginning and the first of them the number 101 the Evo Broikers driven Red Camel Jordan's Cupra into the pits for what we will, we presume, will be a handover to Luke. And the last stop, <clears> yeah, with uh, 50 minutes to go. And the 112 
Fabian Dance driven Autorum and Motorsport by Wolf Power, Volkswagen Golf. They will be owing us a pit stop What's shortly as well. It's they're completely out of sequence. Of course, yeah, yeah. The, the, all the, the problems. Who knows when they're going to stop next? Whilst, um, whilst we're just talking about the, 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 the terror of the chicanes, uh, and perhaps you can explain for our, our, our listeners and viewers, so what, what is trail braking? Explain that to, to the... Because uh, yeah, everyone knows about braking. I know about braking. I know about steering. What's trail braking? Well, trail braking is when, when, you, when you brake and you brake hard and you come off the brakes before you do the next thing, which is turn. Because um, obviously, if you, if, you race, if you race a car to, say, a... a, a a higher car environment. You're told to brake in a straight line and then turn. Yeah, that's purely to do with wear on the brakes. That's not the quickest way to do it. So they don't want you to wear the brakes whilst you're on the throttle because it wears the clutches and it wears the brakes. So the quickest way to drive a car, I always get pulled in on those on those corporate car things. By, and you're using two pedals at the same time, mate. I'm like, am I, I don't know what I'm doing, mate. I'm just doing it instinctively. I'm checking the slide with the brake and covering the brake through the corner and checking the slide with the brake. And it's pretty much what, you know, the, the good drivers will do. They'll turn and brake at the same time. But it's got, you've got to have a really good feel from the car and from your left foot, especially if you do with your left foot. It's more of a, a left foot brake thing. And so you are into the corner and you're braking, you turn into the left hand part of the chicane, you need to still slow the car down for the right hand part of the, of the chicane. So you're kind of squeezing the brake a little bit more just to reduce the speed a little bit more. But that's just a little bit too much braking there. And you caught, the, the car is unbalanced as you're doing it. And if you're not careful and you're not modulating the brake enough, then you will spin the car. And that's, I think, what we're seeing. Yeah, but I, mean, I think uh, on the exit of chicanes, that's just a little bit too heavy, heavy, yeah. too heavy right foot. Yeah, the reason, it is always the kind of balance. Yeah, the, 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 the thing you have to remember about braking is it's the weight transfer. Suddenly, all the weight's on the front, thanks to the wonderful world of momentum and gravity. Uh, you, you lose weight on the rear. You're, you're staying on, on the, the brakes at the rear to help the car rotate, but if you have a little bit too much braking at the rear, the rears will lock, and then you say, oh, rotations, no, I wouldn't f- forget rotations. I'm going to spin because I've suddenly locked up, and that's that's the key point. So the trail braking rotates the car quicker and therefore makes you go for, put through the corner much faster, but unfortunately, if you just overdo it, you can, you can lock the rear end, and you will find yourself facing the wrong way very quickly. Exactly, that's exactly it. The 101 is back out. And it is Evil Breakers that has stayed at the wheel of that car. Oh, it's my car. Uh, I paid for it. He hasn't. Step back, son. Sit down. Stand do, down, son. Go do your hair. Haven't you got some homework? <laughs> wasn't that long ago that Luke was doing his homework. Wasn't that long ago that Rick wasn't allowed to drive because he got bad grades? That's true, yeah. yeah when he was 16, he wasn't allowed yeah. to drive because he got bad grades. He had to get good grades for you to drive. It was a few years ago now, but I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. kept out of a race. because He's since won Daytona. He's <laughs> since won Dubai. He's since won two watches, hasn't he? He's got two watches. Uh, class wins at both of those events. And an overall win at Dubai. But has he done his homework? <laughs> <laughs> two class wins at Daytona, wasn't it? Yep. He's. He can tell the time on both wrists. <laughs> yes, he can. He's, in fact, he needs to uh, work out to carry those watches. Uh, into the pits then finally as come the number seven from third place overall and second in the GT3 Pro class Mauro Calamia has brought the Dynamic Dynamic uh, it's an Italian team Dynamic Motorsports Porsche into the pits for fuel I'm presuming we'll see a driver change in the number seven and it's been the uh, the, the way that we've done things is to uh, try and speculate who will finish the car? Who will uh, who will the final driver be? Now, Matteo Maldicelli is 
uh, obviously that your quickest driver. Um, I'm going to say that he's he's not that much quicker, if anything, than Mauro Calamia. Well, this is he's not obviously a Porsche specialist. He's a Ferrari driver, isn't he? He's a Ferrari specialist. So this is yeah. a, you know, the, as we all know, there's a there's a knack to the Porsche 911. Some people have it, some people don't, and some people are absolute experts at it. So learning the uh, the, the the interesting weight and balance situation of having engine over the rear that takes talent and skill, even for the good racing drivers. But uh, I'm pretty sure, and the 58's off the track again. Oh well, I've just been um, I've I've just been given who who is this? Hang on, let me just remind myself. Alan Prosser. Oh, he's great with these screen captures, isn't he? We saw that 58 go off. Again. Earlier, yep. but he was going off, look, avoiding um, Evil Breakers, which was <laughs> Evil was at his favourite. Was Evil off again as well? Evil off, was off again as well. Well, that looked so, to me like he went off on his own that time, I don't, know, I don't know what that was, whether that was cause or effect, but thanks, Alan. Thanks for that. Um, we missed that completely. That We didn't see any of that. Oh, he's off again. He's got a break. He's, he's done that again. He's done that, 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 that double. The 58 Merc is, is speared off and completely missed the chicane there. He's down in 13th overall. This is Thomas Gosner at the wheel. He's coming to the end of his stint, as far as I can make out. He's been in the car for an hour and 10 minutes. Oh. And there's a spinner, wild that's spinner. That's one there. of the Lamborghinis, probably the Lamborghini. I'm assuming that's going to be when the, when the dust settles, literally when the dust settles. It is indeed the 793 and Amado Pampanini. Is it the excitement <laughs> of seeing this? We're 45 minutes away from the checkered flag. But that's so a new place to fall off. I'm not even sure where he's fallen off, but it's a completely new place. Is that at the end? Of, that's he's, he's fallen off. He's taken the escape road because he hasn't made the uh, the Ferranti Favaro, and he's got so that's excited. He's, done, he's not. Yes. He's not driven. He's he's missed the escape road. He's carried on going, and he's attempted to turn left to get back on the track again. He's cooked it and gone on the grass. He has. He's exactly. He's he's, he's spun it apart the track that isn't even the track. Yeah, he's actually spun off the track on the on the rejoining yes, road because he missed. The, oh, oh, that's a good effort. Was that the seven nine three? Yep, and it's a Mado Pampanini. Again, car 58 is in trouble and has to report to the race ma the, t the uh, race control. I assume it's for constant abuse of not being on the track. Uh, the driver that has taken over the number seven dynamic motorsport Porsche is Roberto Pampanini. Roberto yep. There are two Pampaninis. Roberto has, let's say, from this evidence of one race, has had the majority of the good racing genes, whereas his brother hasn't had quite so many good racing genes. From Mummy and Daddy. The 58 is on the track at the moment. Which isn't a, which isn't as bland a statement as it sounds. <laughs> no, Thomas Gosner is having a very troubled finish to it his It does thing. look to me like they've got brake issues. And, and, and you kind of think, well, surely bring it in. You can do a fuel stop and a driver change to the end now. Well, Why yeah. are you staying out? Because yeah, if absolutely. you've got brake issues, the issue is that, well, all right, I'm overshooting a, a, a uh, chicane. That's fine. I can get an escape road. Yet at some point, you need to brake without hitting something solid. So yeah, he's, mani he's managed to, in fairness. He's had a few off-track excursions and hasn't hit anything. As he continues around Cavorni towards the final chicane. 793, the Lamborghini continues on its way. And the 793 car is actually in a situation where it could be challenging... For, no, I couldn't. It's way off. I've just checked. Um, it's in sixth overall, which isn't a bad effort altogether. Amadeo Pampanini, as we, as Nick mentioned, is the driver at the wheel who completely missed his braking there. 
We continue to monitor the progress of the number 58, which is the MP Racing Mercedes, having a troubled finish to his what will be his final stint. That car will have to come in the pits before we see the chequered flag. 41 minutes remaining in this race. <clears throat> and the 793 Lamborghini just negotiating. We, we mentioned this before, didn't we? There's a, there's a technical, that's a very technical track, this, mm. of how to drive it. And it's, it's all about uh, pushing the car into the braking area, how much speed you take off to allow you into the middle of the, it, what will be invariably a chicane. It's a left-right change or a right-left change of direction. Um, the Pinato chicane reminds me of that chicane at Hockenheim, the one where Nelson Piquet and Alessio Salazar come together because it basically is just to put the car through a, a clump of tyres and thread the needle at 150 miles an hour. And you want to gather speed. You want to, you're going to go through there as quickly as possible because the next section of track, the Cavano, is, uh, is a sweeping right-hander, which is an acceleration zone. It's not a slow turn whatsoever. So I've been watching, the, I've been quiet for a moment, I've been watching the timing screen. I saw that. Uh, so right, the difference between Shane Lewis and Hendrick Still between second and third is uh, a lap and a sector. So it's about two minutes and ten seconds. And the difference between third and fourth, which is Hendrick Still in the car collection at Roberto Pampanini and Dynamo Motorsport, that is a lap and about two seconds. So one hour, one minute, about 47. So, there's, so if you look at it, there's a, there's a lapse between them all, but they are quite close together. But still it's going to take a... A superhuman effort in the last 45, 40 minutes isn't going to be enough. It's going to take a little bit of a hiccup for either Shane or Hendrick to let Roberto Pampanini up through into the position on the podium. Thomas Gosner has come into the pits. Finally. And I'm not sure whether or not he's taken on fuel. He hasn't taken on fuel. He and has. He has, did you say? No, he hasn't. He hasn't, no. He's gone straight in the pits without going to the fuel. <clears throat> I'm not sure why he would do that. I, I'm really puzzled. Even if he's got a problem... We've seen him go down the escape road a couple of times. Even if he's got a problem, you would still take on fuel for to, in readiness for the next stint. And he's gone back out. He's gone back out. Thomas Gosner is back out. He's been in the car now, and now we're in 15 minutes. Perhaps he doesn't like that first chicane so much, he wants to avoid it. I'm not sure what <laughs> is going, going on the with that Mercedes. They're in a battle with no one. They're, they're a long way down. and They're really in a battle with finishing, aren't they? They are guaranteed whatever happens now, that third place in GTN. There isn't enough time for them to get up to uh, second. And the, and the car in fourth has, has given up. So they are where they are at this point. They obviously want to, to take the chequered flag. But the question is, what is causing those braking issues? Why haven't they stopped? Why did they go through the pits and not stop? Did he forget the fuel? Sounds let's, let's, let's see if he comes back in again, yeah, shall let's we? Let's wait and see. Uh, meanwhile, we were uh, deliberating over who was the quickest driver in the number seven dynamic Porsche. Uh, we know it's not Roberto Pampanini, um, but we were, were deliberating over whether it was Maliacelli, who's rated as a pro, and Calamia, who's a semi-pro. Now, Maliacelli's average lap time is a 137.5, and Calamia is a 138.2. Thanks to Paul Trustwell for this data. And he did remind me that Roberto did manage to crash the number seven in free practice. Ah. But he's not going to do that now. We hope. Not going to do that now. Windscreen dirty on the 58. That's from Seb in the pits. So and they cleaned uh, the windscreen? That was all they did? Yes. 
So he pulled the windscreen. Um, so he, he's doing. He's already. He's, he's all dirty. Cause he's been, I said it's dirty because he's been going through that dust every other lap. That's why he's been missing his breaking points. Couldn't see anything. It's like me in the dark. <laughs> yeah. How many laps have you, you pranked at the Nurburgring? Was it two? Was it the outlap? Well, it was at least my second, wasn't it? Or was it the outlap? It was the outlap, wasn't it? <laughs> it probably was it was. six corners in or it's something? Dark, man. It looked different. <laughs> the, uh, the detritus that's been left by the 58 stopping in his pit box is massive. <laughs> There's half of a gravel trap just fallen out the back of the car. A little sand pit for the kids to play that's in. That's true, yeah, it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Just shows how dusty the off track is there. It's a, a very fine dust here at uh, Enna. Gives you the and, impression uh, they've had a very nice summer. It's Sicily, mate. All right. It's Sicily. But we're now yeah, in the middle of October. Of yeah, true, but the summer's still, it's the yeah. lingering summer there, isn't it? Uh, to you Ireland. Know, it's the British summer there. This is the hottest <laughs> we've had, 25 degrees. All right. I'm from the north, though. I'm sure you had hotter in Milton Keynes. Uh, yeah, it was, it was unpleasant for two days, wasn't it? Unpleasantly hot for two whole days. And you see, the unpleasant and hot are never terms that I would use in the same sentence. It is, but it's muggy. I don't care. No, hot. Like hot. Don't do cold. Well, you, you don't, don't mind like, like 32 degrees. No. And, and Massive muggy, no. and it's the night time, nope. and you haven't got an air conditioner. Brilliant. And Love you have it. to sleep. Love it. Love it. No blankets, no quilt. Brilliant. No one wants that vision image. Sweat running down no your one, No, Honestly, no one wants to think <laughs> about you. Yeah. Brilliant. Naked, naked Bradley in bed. That's, the sort, of, that's <laughs> the sort of summer we have in Sicily. Supposedly, that's the sort of summer we have in, in Sunderland. Sunderland, <laughs> really. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. No, what I do is I leave the, you know, I leave the, the heating, heating on. on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crank the heating on. So that uh, shed some light on the problem with the 58. Shed light on the fact that Thomas Gosner kept up uh, using the escape roads and, and missing his braking points, that explains that a lot. And now we can see with the uh, the sun coming down, it's uh, it's getting towards half past four in the afternoon over in Italy. So the sun will be lower in the sky at this time of the year. And just to remind everybody that this race, the 24H series, will be returning to Enapagusa for the Coppa Floria, uh, Coppa Florio, I should say it in 2021 early october is the provisional time and date so we look forward to that uh i think overall coming into the last what is going to be the last half an hour very shortly nick i think overall this event has been a pretty big success as a race it's um it's a, it's done exactly what it says on the tin it's been an endurance race where consistency and consideration of the car has been a major factor in where you've come in the race. People who haven't considered the car yeah. have found all found themselves in all sorts of problems. No, I think I mean I think I don't, I don't think you could put this down as anything other than a, than a roaring success down to the the Volderol on the pit, on the uh, the uh, start on the grid with the the dancers and the national anthem being sung and the uh, the dignitaries from Sicily and from the history of the event. Uh, the excellent work by Ola and uh, Peter, and the fact they haven't sent us our hats yet. Um, but uh, on a serious note, no, and, and the race has been brilliant. I mean, it's been, as you say, kind of an example of what endurance racing should be. It's about running a team properly. It's about you know making sure you've got the right car, right driver, and the right car. It's about sometimes just turning laps and not worrying about pace. It's certainly about looking after the car, and it's certainly about judging the conditions. And for me, that is endure. That that is hashtag. This is endurance. It's, it's all about 
mechanical sympathy and changing the way we drive a particular car on a particular track and I think the epitome of that has been for me the SE Motorsport Audi um, I was getting information from the team that they were concerned about the car over the bumps here and that manifested itself in a broken shock absorber and so they adjusted the way they've gone about themselves and here they are they are second in the TCE race second in TCR and they're going to be on the podium I know it's a small grid of TCE cars but they've, they've never had another problem since they adjusted the way they go about this on the flip side, we're just looking. At, we've just seen some, some pictures of the 916 Porsche, which, of course, recently had to replace its uh, rear left drive shaft due to we expect over over articulation due to going over the uh, curbs. Going over the curbs at absolutely full speed, not bothered. Hey, hey, <laughs> almost like well, it's not going to break again, is it? It's a new one. <laughs> so well, it's a good point. That's like been lasted him eleven we've, hours. We've life in thirty. It's eleven hours life. Ten hours life. Right. No worries. You've got you've got an hour on this one. Just just throwing caution to the wind. So um, yeah. Um, just a little bit of word on Matteo Manocelli, who we were talking about in the number seven car. Uh, I, it escaped my mind a couple of times because he's driving two cars, isn't he? He's also in the nine oh seven, which is the leading dynamic motorsport. Um, Cup car, 911. So he's actually leading 991 and he's in third in uh, the... So he's in second in GTE Pro, fourth overall with the Pampanini car. So he's actually... Matteo is, is running double GT dynamic in both the GT3 and a Cup car Porsche. I'd love to know what the difference in driving those cars and how easy it is to jump from one to the next. Uh, we've got the 101 in. The 101 that has uh, just been in a short while ago and another problem, Evil Breakers is now... Uh, gotten from the car. He's out of the car. Uh, we thought we is were going to see a driver change. I think he's getting back in again, isn't he? No, that's Luke. Is it Luke? That's definitely Luke Broikers taking over that car. Um, so, Evo coming in for an unscheduled... Uh, they picked up some fuel first, stop. I think. Oh, in comes the uh, 58 again. So, do you take fuel this time? Yes. No. Uh, no, he did not. So they are dealing with some problems with that green Mercedes. It's manifest themselves as being unable to stay on the track. Uh, and is now they're going to try and fix it out. The 101 red cam was Jordan's car, which was leading. Well, second now is third in TCR. And it had an eventful character building, as we've used earlier today. Well, you know event. what, Nick? You know what, Nick? They, they were in very much a commanding lead at, uh, uh, at every stage of yesterday's race until the final hour, where we had a few off-track excursions that caused damage to the car, then we had a broken suspension, and then just a catalogue of problems that put the car down the field. Um, it was very much in contention, right with, and running um, very much in contention with the leading TCR car and TCE leader, the 112. Uh, the 101, by the way, has just left the pit apron, just been waved off. I'm not sure what that stop was about, whether or not it was just driver change. I mean, they've got nothing to lose, really. They, they know that other cars in the TCE are now retirements, they're not under any kind of challenge. Evo came in. He could have handed over the car to Luke. Um, that might have something to do with driver rest times, that he stayed in the car and done a little bit more. Um, and now he's come back in. Um, no urgency. They've checked a couple of things under the wheel arch. They're happy with what they've seen. Luke's now taking over the car and doing the final 30 minutes. Our other constant pit visit at the moment, the 58 green Mercedes, that's now picked up a 38-second uh, time penalty for speeding in the pit lane. Um, so when he came in last time, the time before we watched him for his windscreen clean, he's now got uh, a 38-second time penalty. Uh, and 
the 916 car, which has got the new shock absorbers and we were, sorry, the new uh, drive shaft, and I was saying was playing willy-nilly with the kerbs, has got an exceeding track limits. Third offence warning. Well, the second offence broke the car. So, well, he's uh, got a new drive shaft, so that's why he's exploring the limits. Exactly. Now. He really likes that now. But unfortunately, the steward's got hang on. All right, your car might be able to take it. Well, that's actually against the rules, love. Um, Paul is telling me that Evo did four laps, then did nine in the 101. So I'm, I didn't, I didn't spot him coming in after four laps. To be honest, Nick. No. Um, I know you're going to check that data. Um, yep, Luke did a 36, and then a four, and then a nine. So either will, either will have to got back in again in that time. He can't be Luke. There's not enough time. So it's 13 laps that they've done. So they're obviously chasing a minor problem now. So Evo will ha if Luke's got into that, they've got themselves a penalty. Yeah, so it yeah. must be Evo. No, no, it's Luke. Luke can't get in it. Luke, Luke Broikers has got... If Luke's got in, in that the car, car, they've got themselves a penalty then. Right. Because Evo's only been in the car for about 11... 13 laps. 13 laps. That's not an hour, is it? No. And prior to that, Luke was in for 39... 49 laps. So they've, not even, they've misread their own rules. We'll keep an eye on that. We're underneath the 30-minute mark now, 28 minutes, 28 and a half minutes to be precise. Matthew Chamonix continues to lead this race. He's completed 356 laps and now has a six-lap lead over the second-place car, which is the Shane Lewis-driven CP Racing Mercedes. Car number 85 is in second place and indeed in first place in the GT3 AM category. In third spot overall, car collection, uh, the car collection motorsport Audi R8 of Hendrik Still being the driver, car 88, is in third spot and second in GT3 Amp. Second in GT3 Pro and fourth overall is Roberto Pampanini, the dynamic motorsport Porsche. Roberto Pampanini in that number seven now. And then behind them, the number 19 of MP Motorsport, the Mercedes. Yap van Lagen at the wheel of the number 19, and that car's currently the final car on that GT3 Pro podium. Behind them is the uh, Dynamic Motorsport Lamborghini. That car's just been into the pits and is now back out. That's the car we've seen having a, a few issues with spinning off the track, etc. Matteo Maliacelli is currently leading the Porsche Cup class in the Dynamic Motorsport Porsche. Car 907 is in seventh spot. And then overall, in eighth spot, and this is a, an absolutely fantastic run for this car, considering it's a TCR car, and it's in the TCE run, uh, race, part of this race. Autorama Motorsport by Wolf Power, Fabian Dance at the wheel of 112. Eighth overall. It's cracking result. TCR, great result. He's one of, he's one of, he's one of three, about four or five cars have just done laps, and they're the ones who are all towards the top, you know. The Jamina um, GPX has just done laps. CP Racing has just done laps. Car Collection Motorsport have just done laps. You know, and it's then you start going the ones who may have been quicker, may have caught our eye earlier on with spectacular, but oh, now they're in the pits. So, yeah, lot lots of, of people are going to walk away from here thinking, actually, we did as well as we could do here. We've, um, we've, we've maximised our uh, Copper Florio. Paul says you're correct. Uh, you're spot on with regards to drive time and rest time in the 101 Red Camels Jordan car. Uh, Luke's rest time was only 25 minutes and it should have been 37 minutes mm. so I'm not sure what's going to come of that but uh, it's not like I, I suppose Nick whatever time penalty they give that car it's not going to change their position in TCE no 
So that may be the thinking behind that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's an interesting situation. You know, the other, the other flip side is that, is that, is that um, you know, Evo just got in the car. Perhaps he wasn't feeling a hundred percent. You know, because he's been a long run with Luke. There's, there's no reason tactically to put. Um, Luke in, as you say, there's no point. So you kind of think if either got out, there's a reason for it. And the, and the reason I can think of is perhaps he just wasn't feeling it. Well, he didn't want to. He didn't want to risk it, did he? I mean, it was it was Evo who uh, kept throwing the car off yesterday uh, for whatever reason. It's a very very tricky uh, car to drive. Any front wheel drive car is tricky to drive when it's when it's about changes of direction because you set a front wheel drive car up to. Rotate, rotate the rear end to get the car pointing, or else you just, or else you just rive the front tyres. It just takes it all out the front tyres. So you need the rear end to come around so that the front tyres are pointing where they're going. Um, they had that car rotating well, but maybe over rotating, and it was catching, certainly catching Evo out potentially. I, it gets the point, you know. If if you are getting towards the end of a twelve-hour race, you have you can't achieve anything really. You can't lose anything. You know, it might be a situation where you think, oh, I'm just going to cut my losses. I'm not, I'm not quite in it. I'm not 100% concentrated. I, I'm not quite focused. I've got a very good driver in the pits. So we're not going to lose anything by getting the car. Giving the cars in, I might lose a minute at the end. That's not a, an issue one way or the other. So let's put it in. Sometimes, you know, knowing your limits and knowing discretion is a better part of just trying to plough on because you think you should. You think you should do these extra 10 laps. So, you know, there, it is no loss, the minute penalty they're going to get. We'd be having a chat to him now, wouldn't we? We'd be asking that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, what's the crack here, then? What's going on what have you got out of the car? Can I have a cake? <laughs> yeah. yeah, mine's a coffee. <laughs> but, uh, okay. I mean, I, 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 in many ways, I, I, it's a weird thing, but certainly endurance racing, you need to respect the people who know, who, who, you have to respect the people who know their limits and know when it's time to say, nope, I don't care how it works. I need to get out of this car. You, you've got to think about the team, haven't you? Mm. you? You've got to think about the team. You can't have an ego. You, you've got to know your limits and you've got to make that tactical decision. And a prime example of that is our lead car. Hmm? Frederick Fatian is the, is the man behind GPX Racing. It's his car. There's no ego there. There's no, like, I'm, I'm going to have six hours of this race. Because he wouldn't be in first place. No, no, no disrespect to him. The reason why that car is leading is because uh, Frederick A did a sterling job in keeping the car on the track and going round and putting in more than competent and adequate laps. But he knows that the two hotshots that he has hired to put in that car and deliver those lap times, Mathieu Jaminet and Jordan Groger, that's the tactic. That's the tactic that's, that's been employed. And that and is a fine it's, example it's, of what you've just yeah, said. It's a very interesting thing because I think, you know, it's, it's a known fact that, that racing drivers are ambitious and ego-driven. No. But, really? But, and this is the thing, this is why some racing drivers take to endurance racing and some don't. It's not, it's not the driving the hours it's the working in a team. It's not having the car set up how you want it. Having the car set up how the team wants it. Yeah, that's right. Often, having it set up how the gentleman driver can drive it. And that's why you see the guys who are massively successful at team racing are not always your fastest driver. Not that, you know, just because you've done F1 doesn't mean you're going to be great as you, as you get a bit older in your endurance racing. And just because you never got further than Formula Renault doesn't mean you can't be brilliant as an endurance racer because you don't need that final half second. That's not what it's about. It's about a flexibility of how you can drive, having a wide envelope of happiness. So you can drive a car that's really set up for a guy who's 47, but slightly out of shape, but has the <laughs> bankroll, yeah. you know? 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. You always set the car up as a compromise for your to, for your slowest driver to be comfortable. I mean, you look at the person who's been the most successful in yeah, the mo the highest the highest level of gentleman driving and uh, professional driving, of course, is MP2. Yes. And and who's the most successful driver at that? Nico Lapierre. Nico Lapierre has won Le Mans so many times, you know, and and he was dumped, dumped by Toyota. Mm. It was not good enough. Mm. But when he gets into a situation where you're dealing with, with, with making other people faster, which is what it's about, it's not about making yourself faster, it's not about making yourself famous, it's about making other people faster. It's great at it. Yeah. knows how to do it. It's a good, good example, actually, Nick. And if yeah, you look at the drive, and you look at the drivers, we've, we've mentioned before about if we had 10 million pounds, but there's a, a vast number of, of drivers who have reached a certain level, nothing spectacular, a certain level, who have made their careers by being able to work in a team environment with gentlemen drivers. Stewie Hall, Jordan Groger, you know, these guys who can work with these teams. You know, Tom Onso Cole you know, works with... Comes um, to mind, yeah. You know, and there's, you know, obviously, we, we know the English-speaking ones. as many others in French and Italian yeah, yeah. who we don't know as well in German. And they... It's not about their whether they're a 135.1 or 135.3 driver. It's whether they can make Dave Miggins a 140 driver or a 141 driver. That's the key point. You mentioned uh, English-speaking, but the, the German-speaking teams, the, the, the Herbert Motorsport team, come to mind. Mm. Perfect example. Ralph Bourne, Daniel Allemann, in with the two Renauers, who, and Robert Renauer and Alfred Renauer are you know, specialists. And, and they know how to put that team around those gentlemen drivers who, who they've brought on and, and trained and mentored. And excellent you know, point. you put you can put Rolf Rolf Bond or Daniel Alleman in that car, in that Porsche, and they will do a sterling job absolutely on the pace. And yeah, the, be one of the quickest gentleman drivers there in the field. Yeah, the drop off the the, the improvement of those we obviously we've, we've been lucky to see them what, over the last six years, no more than that, probably eight years. Yeah. And the improvement with those two guys is, is dramatic. You know, it, I said what it is is a second or two seconds a lap, but it's every lap. Yes, it's every lap, yeah, and, yeah, they, and right. they've got the cut and thrust of being in the fastest car. That's right. So that loss, you think, oh, I'd rather have an hour in the car. Well, they, if you notice, that's why they often run a, a race where they have six hours of the hours and six hours of of Ralph and, and Daniel. It's an absolutely equal split because you're not losing that much having the other guys in there. Who well, are, let's be honest, they'll be part, a major part of the bankroll of how the team goes racing. Yes, you know, yeah, it's, I get, I get, you know, people talk about paid drivers. I get concerned that they, they seem to, they, no one seems to understand. You know, but people don't understand. Motor racing is fired by cash. Cash is king, and but it's how you spend your money and who you spend it with. That's the key thing. Yeah. So where are you going with your hundred million? What's your team? Yeah, exactly. Who's, who's team? You're going to create your own, or you're going to just? I'm not going to create. I'm going to buy a team. I'm not packing a buy a team. I'm not a truck. I'm just going to rent a team. You rent, I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy a turn team. up and drive. <laughs> yeah. Buying a team. I don't want to sit on a Monday morning and count the count the pennies and count the washers left. So you're, you're not going to do a thing where you decide to be the oldest person in F2 then? You just buy that? No, 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 no. I know my limits. I'm going to go historic racing, actually. Oh, no, no. I don't want anything intense. No, I don't. I think it's, if you're not, the thing is, I don't mind. The thing about historic racing is if they're really historic, they're too expensive to race. So what I quite like is, you know, that famous uh, that quote, I think it's one of John's quotes, where, you know, they, they, they made only 470 of the original 100 made Lotus Cortinas exist, you know, because so many of them are just recreations. And they, yeah, you can smack them up because they're not real, but they yeah, are true. racing historic concept. I, I don't know. That, that recreation of a Tyrrell P34, which was built from drawings. 
it's not real. exactly the same it's way. It's not real. It's not, no, it hasn't got any pedigree, but it's still very real. It's not real. It's an aluminium tub, and it's a six-wheel Tyrrell. You smack it in a wall, no one cares. It's not real. Patrick Depay didn't drive around Monaco. It's not important. I know. <laughs> I know that, but... What I also like, and talk about historic racing, is is that the... Uh, again, talk about Lotus Cortina, which is one of the most obvious historic racing cars. They're now producing 20, 20 to 5 to 35 horsepower more than they did in period. Yeah, Even though they are carburetted 1.6 or 2 litre engines, it's just because they're built better and blueprinted. And you know why they're faster as well? You mentioned this earlier on. Tyres. Tyres. Yeah. Tyre technology. The 917 is into the pits. Uh, do not fear, that is the car that has lost a lot of time. The Fulgenzi racing team have been up against it with that 917. And it was Sandra van der Sloot who brought the car in and Shintaro Akatsu. The Japanese driver has now taken the car out for a turn, and See, will so I'm just now thinking what you said before. Perhaps actually that Tyrrell is the way to go. What Brit building? If you built a complete grid of 1976-1977 replica Formula One cars with a Cosworth engine and a Hewlin gearbox and a carbon tub, and they were all no, no, just <laughs> as they were, but you could race them because they were they weren't worth anything. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. They had no historic yeah. value. It's just like any other racing car. Yeah, but you they were worry about it. Yeah. But I, I remember um, Peter Hardman getting out of the Aston Martin DBR1, which had won Le Mans in 1959. Uh, yeah. Um, he got out of the DBR1 after absolutely driving it on the limit, Donington Park. And it was scary because the car was pri it's literally priceless. And I said to him, do you, do you not think about that? You're driving a car that, you know, minimum million dollars, more, you know, more, more than multi-million dollars. And do you not think about that when you're, you know, hanging the tail out? And it's just a it's just officially a worky ticket, uh, is Mr. Hindoff. Yes, that's a behind-the-scenes look for all your viewers and listeners. <laughs> and only people from the northeast will understand a word. I have no I idea. Said. I was there. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Is. Anyways, moving on. Um, he said to me, "If I drove that car in any other way, it would be it would be it would be disrespectful to the people who built that car, built and designed that car." Mm. And I thought, you know what? And he said, "If we crash it." If we crash it, we build it, just like they did in period. We rebuild it. It's a racing car. And it's like Trigger's broom, isn't it? Yes. I've had this broom 30 years. It's had three handles and two heads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and, they're, and they're basically things on cross plies as well, so it's wobbly all over the track most of the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't, 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 I don't have any less respect for historic racing drivers. I just, as you know, I just feel that sometimes the, the nth degree of, of racing doesn't exist because you are... Even the back of your mind, you're aware that you are driving a little bit of history, more importantly, a very expensive piece of history that isn't where you can't phone up the parts department on Monday, as all the guys who've broken bits on their Porsches can and still can't go. Well, I need can. part A1723. No, no, you can, Nick. There are specialist companies out there who are fabricating wishbones for a Lotus 72. Or that's a bad example. Like classic team Lotus do that. But you know, if you're, if you're running a, a Williams FWAs, and you, you tweak the, the top rocker arm, not like you would want to, but even if you did, and even if it's worn out, there are specialist fabrication companies out there. Um, Crosswit and Gam, uh, Crosswit and, um, oh, forgive me. There's a company making auto unions. What? There's a company making what, auto unions. What, V16 auto unions? Yes. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. In the south of England. Um, oh, 
My brain's not working. 15 minutes to go, everybody. Yeah, let's Quickly go back to the, moving on. Matthew well Chamonix still leads with, his, with the GPX racing car. He's leading by six laps, so he only has to do about uh, four minutes before he's actually won. <laughs> yeah, he does, yeah. Uh, Shane Lewis in second. Shane has managed to break the spirit of Hendrick's skill because he's just about two laps ahead now. Just under two laps ahead. 15 seconds under two laps ahead of Hendrick in the car collection motorsport, which is in third. So second and third are also first and second in GT3 AM. Behind the GT3 Pro, second place and fourth overall, Roberto Pampanini. He is also two laps back from Hendrick still. So... We are still within the grounds of one kerfuffle will change that top four order, but if they carry on doing what they're doing, they will stay in position. Fifth place, Yap Van Lager in the MP Motorsport car. That has had to be on a major comeback drive after the problems it had in the first hour this morning with new suspension and then an under, uh, a splitter problem. But leading behind them, it is the Nicholas Sturziger Dynamic Motorsport Lamborghini Huracan Super Trophy, the fourth place in G3 Pro, which has not with Nicholas on board, unfortunately pointing in the wrong direction far too many times. Leading in Porsche 911 carpets back with Stefano Monaco. He's replaced Matteo Melicelli in that 907 car and Dynamic Motorsport looking for a class win there. And then in eighth place, overall winning TCR, winning TCA, Fabian Dance in the Autoride Motorsport by Wolf Power, who are on their way to winning the European Championship and Mixus Bourne is on his way to becoming the driver's champion but obviously there are still 12 minutes and 33 seconds and a lap to go and anything can happen Nick and probably as, will as it probably will yeah you mentioned there the Autorama Motorsport by Wolf Power the Volkswagen Golf team uh, Volkswagen Golf GTI TCR is the car that that team has campaigned now for a couple of seasons and uh, been very successful in their campaigning in these endurance races. And Stefan Tanner, a big part of putting that team together, be uh, absolutely loving being where they are at the moment. They've uh, they've run uh, what I can only describe as a canny race. Really, they kept out of they kept out. What of is trouble. it about endurance races? How you go more northern towards the end? <laughs> is it really? <laughs> well, it is, there's no way that I can say, the word canny. The you know what I mean by that is they've, I know they've, exactly what you mean. They've not really overstressed the, the 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 situation. They've not been dragged into any unnecessary battling with uh, because there was a point where the the one one car was out ahead of them, and they just you know they sat there, they kept their discipline, and that I found with that team being very uh, they're a, they're a Swiss team, of course, so of course they're disciplined. Um, they know what to do, they know how to do it, and there's nothing that sways them from that program. And races seem to come to them, and there's a reason for that, and that's because they know how to go endurance racing. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely concur. I think perhaps in some ways, if you if you want to ask someone, someone asks you, well, how do I go endurance racing? What do I need to do to, to, to race in endurance properly? I'll just show them this, I'll just show them this race. Because there's examples of what to do and what not to do in the same situation. But I mean, I'm, I can't wait for next year when we've got 40 cars around here because it's going to be absolutely fantastic. It's going to be absolutely carnage. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> through those, through those chicanes, the Pinata chicane. They're going to they're gonna have to have a lot of spare bales of tyres. They're going to have to have a lot that, of that, those. That one bale which tires. managed to last 10 hours, but that isn't going to last 20 through the first two, I wouldn't think. No, but the, uh, the Autorama... The Autorama team, the Autorama Motorsport team by Wolf Power running an absolutely splendid race. The number seven Porsche, Roberto Pampanini 
at the wheel of that number seven. He's right behind Henrik Steele in the car collection motorsport, but this is just about uh, taking it down to slightly more than two laps or slightly less than two laps behind in the battle for third overall, although they're not battling in class, of course. He's not He's not going to make an issue of that, though. I mean, if, if, that, if that Audi ahead of him on the road and also in the race is going to make things a little tricky to get by, then he will just sit on it still. There's no reason to with, be what with five, or six, five or six laps to go, yeah, he knows absolutely. there's nothing that's going to change their overall position, uh, apart from him stuffing it in the barrier. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, ahead of them, of course, Shane Lewis, the American driver, a very experienced uh, driver in sports cars, first came across Shane in the American Le Mans series a long time ago when we first started covering that. So it's, it's uh, quite a great guy. Quite ironic, really, that Shane's going to take that car home to a class win and second overall, if things carry on the next time, is having lasted four laps with his own car until he did something well, mechanically weird to it the, he, with the he, uh, Opel um, TCR was, car. He was always down to drive the Mercedes. Yeah, yeah. He was always down to drive the Mercedes, but I'm, I'm sure. Um, Charles Westphalenlaub comes from a background of touring cars and uh, Continental Tires Challenge and other race series in America. And uh, and Charles Espenlaub would have been, I think that Charles was probably the driving factor behind the Opel Astra entry here in the TCE class and uh, TCR classes. Uh, the VMAX engineering car didn't last for more than four laps though, unfortunately. Shane Lewis was at the wheel. And I think Shane has done, if I'm not wrong, Shane has done some North American touring cars when the touring car series ran at the same spec as the European touring car series, like BTCC, um, back in the, the turn of the, the, the century. Um, so both of those drivers were, were down to be very excited about uh, running that car. However, that car went out early. They've concentrated on uh, the GT3 Mercedes of that team, and here they are heading towards not just a class victory, but a second spot on the overall podium, which is a great great result for that, for that team great bunch of guys all, all four of them couldn't agree more but, but the one I suppose in many ways the one car that's going to win its class we've not spoken enough about is the car that's going to win GT4 which is the Pro Sport Aston Martin a stalwart of Creventic Racing over the last uh, year and a half the orange and white Aston Martin it's uh, a fantastically attractive car first sorted Mugello in all white at the beginning of last year but seriously it's been a fantastic run by Tom Herod and his team they've, they've really done that thing we've been praising in the other cars of just turning laps turning laps turning laps yeah Roderick Guion big part of that team as well and of course Nico Verdonk who owns it or Dri runs it well no it's Pro Sport German it's a three Belgian driver lineup, but Nico's very yeah. much a driving force isn't he uh, Rodrigue is uh, is one of the the AM drivers uh, behind that uh, Nico more of the driver coach mentor bringing Rodrigue on um, I'm not familiar with um, with Tom is it Tom yeah yep, Tom, Tom, Heeren, yeah. Tom Heeren. Um I'm not familiar with Tom so uh, Tom becoming part of that driver lineup is something that I'm, I'm not familiar with. Um, but Pro Sport team, yeah. I mean, Pro Sport, remember, uh, used to run the the driver lineup of the CP racing car and won a championship um, so, in Porsches with uh, with the driver lineup that we see at the CP racing. Um, so they know what they're doing. Pro Sport know what they're doing. Obviously, the, it was a new venture for them running the Aston Martin from last year. 
Um, and, and again, there's another example. Nico Verdonk, very experienced sports car driver, very experienced endurance driver. And he will be the advisor in the team with regards to drivers and explaining what he wants from Tom and Rodri. And they'll be the guys that... Uh, yeah, he'll be the he'll be the driving force and the mentor behind getting the best out of those two people. Got a good five lap lead. They've obviously had a chance now over the course of the last year to develop the Aston Martin GT4 format. So it's it's they've they got it reliable. Um, they've had a couple of little little if, issues and they've been helped by uh, problems for their major rival in uh, GT4, which of course is the team Avia Sorg Rensport car, uh, the 451, which did cause one of the uh, code 60s yesterday. Um, you know, I mentioned. Um, Stefan Tanner yeah. and the uh, the Autorama Motorsport by Wolfpower being a successful a successful team in what they've done. He's just he's just reminded me of an incredible statistic that this team with the Volkswagen Golf One One Two has always been on the it's been on every podium since Dubai twenty nineteen. Wow, that's what thirteen races, twelve races. I wouldn't like to I wouldn't like to guess. I'm sure Stefan will tell me, but every podium since Dubai twenty nineteen. Is, a, is an absolutely outstanding result. And one of those podiums was after, I'm pretty sure, um, that doesn't look right, Nick. I'm after. I'm pretty sure it was after an engine change. 793, the uh, Lamborghini that's been in the constant wars as it's been reversing into things, falling off things, falling off things, is now uh, displaying a wing that's at a jaunty angle. It's like a Peaky Blinders as a wing. He's wearing it down over one eye. <laughs> it's uh, drooping down to the left-hand side of the car. It's had a, basically, the wing has had a failure um, of the swan neck I'll be knocked off the swan neck on the left hand side mount realistically they should call that one in for a what's called the meatball flag the uh, orange uh, circle on the black background which is the uh, or the black and white uh, damage flag and get that car in with the car number because there's a worry that if you've lost one mountain the car the second mountain might come off and you've got a big massive great carbon fiber wing flying around the track so yeah, he's I would pull that car in yeah um, if, he, if he doesn't I mean the driver may not be aware Nick because he might not be able to see exactly just thinks he's got a bit doing. floaty at the back <laughs> yeah. tyres have gone off yeah yeah the tyres have gone off the thing is it's, we don't need CSI Ella to work out why that's fallen off that wing because that has been backwards into so many pieces of track furniture that it's surprising it stayed on this long it is really. It's a feat of engineering. The fact that it's remained on that car after all, so many off tracks, albeit a majority of the track uh, track ex, off track excursions, he hasn't hit anything, has he? No, I don't Not think. I, I actually don't think that that uh, Lamborghini has had any intercar. Uh, interfaces as such it's all being car yeah. with, with, with with bits of track or not on the right track or facing the wrong direction on the track yeah but um, have we seen that car go into the pits then no I don't think it's, no one's in the pits at the moment who's running the, no. the, the pit um, cores have all stopped including unfortunately uh, Luke Brahms and the last Morris equipped for sure which is not going to get to, I don't think unless they come out in the next couple of minutes chance to actually take the checkered flag yeah I mean we're, we're getting towards I mean there's three minutes remaining on the clock so we're getting towards the penultimate lap no question about it, and it's whether that Lamborghini can get uh, can continue. If that, uh, all right, it's just dislodged and out of shape at the moment. If it becomes loose, then it becomes dangerous, like you said. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely, I'm surprised that it would take two laps to get them in anyway. But they haven't pulled it in because I'd be worried about having that large amount of um, car liable to fall off. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You can't allow that. So the you know the officials will be looking at that, monitoring that. Uh, the leader, though, Matthew Jaminet, GPX Racing, car 36, has, I can only describe, has dominated the Copa Florio 2020, the 12 Hours of Sicily. And it's been a team effort from pretty much 
everybody in that team. Matthew Jaminier currently at the wheel. Jordan Groger, his team, his teammate, and of course Frederick Fatian, who is not just the driver there, but also the man behind GPX Racing, doing his bit and doing his uh, driver stint, which the regulations uh, require. He did, yeah. Not getting in the way of the competitiveness of the car. We even seen them, saw them plug Frederick in during the Code 60s. Um, that's, that's, is, that is a very common tactic. I remember that at Dubai one year, they, the Black Falcon did the same thing with Carlo Cabez, didn't they? they he, I think he did his two hours, and he had, I think, he said only three green flag laps. That's right, he did, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And the leader of TCE, we've mentioned the Autorama Motorsport by Wolf Power Car. It's a Volkswagen Golf GTI TCR. A friend of mine's got one of them. Golf GTR. G GTI. TCR. Yeah, TCR. TCR. Looks really nice as well with the flared arches and stuff. Really cool. Really so with cool the with the, the victory, as it's, well, actually it is the victory in fairs with the last lap flag That's comes right. out for Matthew Chamonix. They can't lose now because you don't have to cross the line in Coventic races to be classified the winner. The, the, the lack of surprise award goes to CP Racing doing really well by just going round. <laughs> How often have we seen yeah. the, the complete aberration of the last race out of Hockenheim, where they can, they blew the, the overall win by going off the track twice? No one expects that. What we do expect is them to do 368 laps with absolutely no no drama or incident, apart from, the, apart from of course, right at the start of today's restart when they got turned around in a kerfuffle in the corner two. Yeah, he and did that's right, it. the restart. And yeah, that's Charles it. That's the only thing that's happened. Well, you happened. know what? He even did that really well, didn't he? Because <laughs> yes. he spun out of the wave, everyone. Yes. You know, if you're going to spin, Charles, congratulations. You spin out the wave, everyone. Cracking, cracking attempt at, uh, at uh, doing that. Um, this is a stat that Paul Trusswell will, will uh, obviously make note of for next year. 374 lap race this will be. So the benchmark is set for future runnings of the Copper Florio. And we look forward to them as the number 36 Porsche with that homage to the Targa Florio, uh, synonymous with the island of Sicily and it's the Gulf livery on that car that we uh, I've seen before I've seen it on a Porsche 908 back in the uh, the Targa Florio days I wasn't there Nick I'm not that old um, I think that was obviously late 60s early 70s uh, when we saw that final corner then for Matthew Jaminet as he comes out that tricky chicane and passes the pits to take the chequered flag here at Enna and a very dominant victory there from that team the gpx racing team a big congratulations to them in a very finely won race there and a very tactical race nick we mentioned how they shuffled their drivers through and used their gentleman driver very tactically and it takes a special kind of uh, driver owner to uh, to have allowed that it should just shows for me the competitiveness of frederick fatian yeah, it's a fantastic re result. GPX, they've, they've, they've raced many cars, uh, Renaults, uh, Audis, all sorts of things they've raced during the course of their, their, their time with Creventic, but a very well-deserved victory and absolutely run perfectly. And, and, and really talking about run perfectly, you only have to look as far as the Autorama, Wolfpower Racing, Volkswagen that's going to win the TCE class and the TCR class and become the European champion. And with Matthias Byrne become the European champion driver as well. This has been an absolutely textbook run by a team that runs a TCR car fantastically. Autorama have three corners to go to confirm double European championships and another win for the white and the red of Autorama and Volkswagen. Fantastic result. Autorama take 
TCE and TCR. And of course, the European Championship, like you mentioned there. Fantastic <laughs> scenes at the Autorama team. Stefan Tanner there, the man with the bald head on the pit wall, taking all of that uh, accolade and glory with the team. He's a big part of the team. He's done some driving with us in Creventic Racing. The overall win then to Matthew Jaminet. The class win and the second overall goes to CP Racing. A big congratulations to everybody there. The two Charles, Charles Espinlaub and Charles Putman. And of course, Joe Foster and Shane Lewis with a great victory in GT3 Am. Another great victory, another great class victory, I should say, is the 907. And that's the Dynamic Motorsport Porsche. It was Stefano Monaco. What a great name that is for a racing driver. <laughs> Stefano Monaco in that car that brought it home. And he shared the car with Roberto Pampanini, Matteo Maliacelli and Simone Laquenta. And they will take the 991 class uh, in fine style also. And I want to personally congratulate Nico Verdonk, who's become a bit of a, a friend of mine in the motorsport world. The... Aston Martin of Pro Sport Racing. It's the 401 car that I'm talking about that has taken GT4 honours. And it's a big congratulations to Nico Verdonk, Rodri Guillon, and Tom Heron. The team there, a fine lineup of cars and drivers there in GT4. Been quite a competitive, albeit uh, quite split up. It did end up being a bit uh, spread out, but at the end of the day, it took a very finely driven and uh, carefully driven Aston Martin Vantage to take that victory in GT4. They'll be absolutely delighted with that, Nick. Yeah, it was a cracking run. Um, I think all the winners of the classes, they know why they won, and we know why they won. It's because they actually executed the next 12-hour race. And some of the cars that didn't win will be sitting now ruining decisions they made, dr driving errors they made, and also, just as always, damn bad luck. You know, that's, that's always a big part of injury. It's always a big part of any motor race. And, you know, we, we mentioned Charles Espinlob. That was damn good luck. Yes. Out of the out of the, the fire of the bad luck of spinning at the first turn on the restart was the good luck of spinning out of the way of everyone. You spin at the first, if you spin the first corner of a 20-minute Formula Renault race, it's, 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 that's ruined your day. Yeah. If you spin the first corner of the restart of a 12-hour race, ah, never mind, just get on. And, is it damaged? No, fantastic. We've got away with it. Get going. Yeah, Absolutely. Already into Park Fermi, then, underneath the podium, is the winning Porsche, Porsche number 36, Matthew Jaminet, out of the car, and and taking the uh, the plaudits from the rest of the GPX team. And we await the arrival of the CP Racing Mercedes. Shane Lewis is at the wheel of that car. I think, I think that's Stefano Monaco there, is it? Does he know what a great name he has, do you think? I don't know. He... I think just take his chance while we wait for the cars to come into Park Fermi. So thank you very much to all the Creventic team, Ola, Peter, Gary, um, the rest of the gang over there, and, of course, to uh, Zero Einstein, Zero Einstein, Einstein Natasha, and, of course, uh, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, these pictures have been provided to you by the one and only, the one and only Sebastian. Yeah, Seb Mayer, who's been uh, keeping in touch with me down in the pits. He's been our little spy in the cab, and, hasn't and, he? And uh, uh, to the collective, 
Thank you so much for being part of it. And a, and a special thanks to Paul Truswell, yes. who's been watching thanks, at Paul. home. And Paul has been keeping us right as ever. <laughs> and the, Not that we need it, of course. Yeah, oh, oh we need it. Oh, yeah, we yeah. need it. Yeah. The sooner we get to a track, Paul, and have you sat, sat in the corner keeping us right, the better. <laughs> Can't come soon enough. And here comes the TCE winner into Park Fermin now. The Volkswagen Golf being steered towards the front of Park Fermin. And not just the winner of the TCE Copa Florio, but also European Champions 2020. It's been a bit of a, a strange year for everyone, not just in motorsport, but pretty much in everyday life. And it's great to see Creventic have managed to put together a series of races that have given us a championship. And uh, it's been our pleasure here at RSL to be part of that still. And it's been tricky technically, but we've managed it. And, and never forget uh, they were the first people back. That Portimao race was, was absolutely the unknown, where they put on a fantastic 24-hour race and a fantastic circuit. And that was, you know, an investment in motorsport by Creventi. They, they they did a bit of a field of dreams. They built it, they put it on, and they, they waited for people to come who to be prepared to try and get back to normal. The, the more normal things we can do in this abnormal time, the better. Fabian Dance getting out of the 112 Golf. And uh, you can see how hard he's been trying because his back is covered in sweat. It's not, you know what, we get complacent with the regards to the human element, don't we? We sit here and we talk about uh, these guys driving these cars, pushing the pedals, turning the wheel at the he's right time. He's falling off, how could he? You know, absolutely. <laughs> Does, oh, God, how's he done that again? It's, <laughs> it's not easy, this sport. It's not easy. It's hard, and uh, they're down in, uh, down in Sicily. You've got the, the, the weather and the heat to be considered and there's typical Shane Lewis he's getting out of the he? CP car he's he's happy he's American he's, oh, he doesn't, yeah. they're he's all not American. afraid to he's a motor it's all big show especially when he wins he's done a great job and they've done a great job not only coming first in the GT3 AM class but also a second place overall at the Copa Florio looking for my boy to uh, celebrate oh awesome <laughs> was that P2 overall first in class nice yes yes <laughs> No need for an interview. <laughs> that was the voice of Shane Lewis. A very, very happy driver who was very miserable just uh, 12 racing hours and about 36 actual hours, 26 actual hours ago. He's found his team, Nick. Touring car broke down. He's looking for his boys. He's looking for his teammates. That who Shane, that's who Shane Lewis is looking for. They're probably the other end. So they're marshalling off the drivers. And He's found them. There will be a podium ceremony soon. He's found the uh, the CP Racing Boys. I believe the podium ceremony will be run by Ola and Peter again. I think so, Nick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But as always, it takes a little bit of a herding cats to get drivers from their cars through the various regulations and into the position where they're actually going to start I being I a, never thought I'd awardable this, a trophy. I, I never thought I'd say this, but I, I kind of miss herding those cats. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Sit there tapping your feet. Come on, come on, come on. I've got trophies to give you. <laughs> and the final results. So final rundown then. Winners of the Copa Florio, the 12 Hours of Sicily 2020. GBX Racing win with their Porsche in fine style indeed. In second place, the number 85 CP Racing Mercedes. Winners of the GT3 AM class also. And a fine second place on the overall podium. In third place and second in GT3 AM is the number 88 Car Collection Motorsport. And they'll be very happy with a third place overall as well. In fourth place, we have the number 7 Dynamic Motorsport Porsche. 
And then in fifth place, it's the number 19 MP Motorsport Mercedes. Bit unfortunate a race for them. Uh, the number 793, the Dynamic Motorsport Hurricane, the Lamborghini Hurricane, is in sixth spot. And then we've got the first of our 991 Cup uh, runners uh, winning the class is the number 907 Dynamic Motorsport Porsche. In second, uh, eighth place and second in 991 Cup is the Fulgenzi Racing Porsche car number 923. Moving on in ninth spot is the winner of the GT4 class, and that's the Pro Sport Racing Aston Martin car 401. And then in 10th spot is the 916 Tempo SRL uh, Porsche, and that is third in the 991 class. Second in GT4, 11th overall is the number 451. The team obviously saw Grand Sport BMW, and then we've got in 12th spot the number 58 MP Racing uh, Mercedes. Uh, the third spot in the G on the GT4 podium will be taken by the Las Moros, uh, by a keep for sure McLaren. A troubled time for that car, but you know what? In the spirit of hashtag this is endurance, they kept that car going and they finished 13th overall and third in class. Uh, not running at the end was the number 92 Herbert Motorsport classified 14th. 15th was the 917 Fulgenzi racing car. And then we have the number 918 dual race Porsche in 16th. Final runner in the 17-car GT field is the number 794 Dynamic Motorsport uh, Lamborghini, who did not take the restart this morning. TCE, the TCE category looks like this, with TCR being the, uh, the class at the front of the field. It's the European champions, the newly crowned 2020 European champions, the number 112, Autorama Motorsport by Wolf Power Racing. Uh, Miklas Born becomes the... Uh, 2020 Drivers' Champion in TCE also. They come first in both the TCE and TCR classes. In second place with a sterling drive from James Gay, Ricky Coomba and Marcus Menden is the number 188, the SE Motorsport Audi, second. In third, a troubled run for the Red Camel Jordans Cooper, the number 101, father and son team, Evo Breukers and Luke Breukers. We know how they enjoy a good podium and that's what they've got. The other two TCE runners became retirements with the GR Motorsport BMW going out with a seized diff and the VMAX Engineering uh, Opel Astra of Shane Lewis and Charles Espenlove uh, running only four laps of this race and retiring what we think was a major engine problem. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.